0: ho 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 Merry Christmas uh, well actually it's not Christmas it's Christmas Eve over here but uh, just in case you don't hear this until tomorrow Merry Christmas uh, I'm and, Andrew and Peter. Happy Holidays and Happy, happy Hol- Holidays yeah a happy whatever, whatever you even if it's just Thursday for you. Happy Thursday yeah. at this point. <laughs> I'm Andrew. I'm Ryan. And this is the Infinity Rewatch holiday special. Do, 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 do. I wish I i don't know if I'll have a time to do it, but I'm gonna try to see if I can make a, a jingle bell version of our theme, but I can't promise anything. <laughs>
1: I loved it. I love Spider-Man into Spider-Verse where he does uh spider bells or what Spider Bells, yeah. <laughs> Uh, good times
0: well welcome one and all welcome one and all to the holiday special uh this is gonna be a fun one uh this yeah. is not like your average this ain't your grandma's infinity rewatch this is uh a little bit different um we are splitting this episode into three different segments uh which is gonna be exciting Uh segment one uh is just a quick little recap on something because ryan uh, there was some news that hit the world. Oh, as, yeah. Uh, well, if you're listening to this now on Christmas Eve, it hit the world a couple weeks ago. But for us, that was literally a couple days ago as we record this. Uh, the world has been told some news about the future of Marvel, hasn't it?
1: Oh, my God. Okay, I'm going to set the tone real quick. And I know you, you're you already doing that, but I'm I'm just going to rush straight to the bullet points here, guys, because you need to understand something. On this show, we've talked about times where I've seen a movie first, or Fantasia's seen a movie first, or whatever's going on. Um, This was a special, special occasion Mm -hmm. because um, Disney had their investors conference, essentially, an online conference. Now I didn't know that it was open to the public. I thought that eventually, through you know the as Kevin Feige said in the past, agents of Hydra would have leaked it on the internet for us, and then I would find out that way. Um, and uh, that didn't quite go down that way. So, so my man Fantasia, give us the yo yo ma, give us the what's up.
0: Oh well, it, it was glorious. Um, I got to you know I was sitting there watching it. I heard like that there was news coming out. So I sat there watching it. It was a four-hour thing, uh, but I didn't mind. I was excited. That was a good day because it was December 10th. It was like mini Christmas for me. My copy of Cyberpunk 2077 arrived in the mail. So I got to experience that. And then I got something else in the mail that I was looking forward to. And then that press conference slash investor meeting came out. And I was just like, well, this is Christmas uh, before Christmas. And then uh, I'm watching this whole thing and all these things drop and all this news comes out. And I figure well I want to know what Ryan has to say about all this so I call him up and I have to admit I was really really happy when he said what are you talking about man
1: <laughs> I I did not know guys I had no idea that it was open to the public and not only that this man watched the whole thing and then he calls me he's like dude and he calls me so excited guys he's like dude did you did you see those announcements and I'm just like what announcements <laughs> and And Fantasia, we we finally had that moment we were waiting for where not only had I not seen the announcements, but you get to deliver the news to me. I didn't read any of the headlines, nothing, nothing. And you got to deliver that news to me. And it was awesome. Oh my <laughs> God, it was so good. So Kevin Feige did a half an hour long uh, give or take, maybe forty minutes. Uh, presentation to the investors about Marvel's future plans, giving that simple goal that he was already laying out, which was, you know, he wanted to tell a a story of interweaving character or tell a story with characters, all interweaving in different stories together. And he's still doing it. He's still doing it. And Mm -hmm. it's still everything we want and more. Um, I have some theories and we'll get into it, but so the the point is though I, I finally get that moment with with my boy Fantasia here and and he gets to tell me all these Marvel news and announcements. Um, and where to begin? You know, first of all, he tells me like, "Oh, this is going on." Sorry, let me start again. Uh, he's like, uh, he's like, oh, he's like, first of all, you know, we got some new trailers. We got you know Falcon of the Winter Soldier. We got WandaVision, Division new trailer. We got, but we also got a Loki trailer. Yeah. And I was like, what? And those were amazing. And then he's like, oh, yeah, by the way, they're doing Fantastic Four. And and then he's like, the director of the new Spider-Man movies is doing it. And it's <laughs> like, oh, by the way, Ant-Man and the Wasp are doing that. It's Quantumania. And it was just hit after hit after hit. And I was like, oh, my God. So I ended up going online to YouTube. And you guys can do it. You can search it up. It's a beautiful. They do the, the conference so well. It's so much fun to watch. Um, and Feige, man, I would just, I would have loved to have been in that set room just with him standing there, even though it's in front of a green screen, but just, it's so powerful to see Kevin Feige just standing in front of the Marvel brand. And you know, he's, you know, he's going to give you the goods, man. That's what he's going to do. Oh, um, yeah, and, and yeah, they, they had so much news, so much, and that was just like, and that was just scratching the surface. Like he. He still got way more news to give us. He admitted. He's like, we got more news to go. (laughs) But he he gave you everything you wanted. And we got a piece of confirmation about She-Hulk that we're so happy about because we talked about it. On earlier recordings, and we were we were both happy at one point because they said, "Yo, we got you know Tatiana Mislani gonna be playing She Hulk," and then Mark Ruffalo, the king of spoilers, he <laughs> is like, "Congrats!" And then we find out, oh yeah, from Tatiana, she's like, "No, no, that never happened." But you know, after being with uh, after being in the video game industry, and and having people talk about like the secrecy of announcements and everything. We all know guys, we all know she was playing us and she had to, she has to deny until it, until it's out by the official team. You have to deny your involvement until, until the last, until absolute confirmation. She's got to be
0: like, what's an iron man. I don't know what you're talking about.
1: (laughs) The classic line is I, I don't know what's going on. I can't confirm or deny. Mm -hmm. If you ever hear, I can't confirm or deny. They, they literally can't, which means we don't know if they're involved or not, but she, (laughs) She did the right thing. She didn't lie to us as fans. She did the right thing, which was she cannot confirm until the man, until the Kevin Feige says it's true, it's not true, and that's she. She respected authority, and props to her for that. Um, and yeah, and we got that confirmation that Tatiana Maslany is playing She-Hulk, baby. We're getting that show. It's going to be so good. And and Kevin Feige, if you listen to him carefully, he's like, now She uh, She-Hulk is a lawyer who uh, deals in a lot of superhero cases. So you never know who she might find in the courtroom. Clearly a shout out to Daredevil. Oh yeah. those Daredevil rights are uh, are coming in. And again, I don't want to get on the hype train until our until our man Kevin Feige confirms it himself, although there's that I don't know where this this rumor guy is, but there's this investor guy named Michael Sutton or something like that. But apparently, he's got the insider track, and he's been dropping all this news. But uh, he was saying just before that conference that uh, Charlie Cox has been confirmed to return as Daredevil in uh, in Spider-Man 3. So I, I don't know. Maybe we'll see She-Hulk there as well, or maybe we'll just see Charlie Cox as Daredevil in She-Hulk. Who knows? Frankly, I'm just excited. And it was just awesome. And the Fantastic Four, even though it was just like a logo tease, oh, it looks so good.
0: I was so pleased with myself that I got to be the guy to tell you that they they officially announced Fantastic Four. Um oh yeah that that whole thing and like the 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 announcement that Tim Roth is coming back to be abomination. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah
1: Tim Roth baby
0: uh now one thing they didn't do that they usually do is they they didn't sort of show the whole Slate kind of laid out on a on a chronological map. So what I did and I'm sending it to you I just sent it to you right now is I took the liberty of making that slate myself um, And I have one image that I sent you for film and one for the Disney Plus shows um, Oh, yeah, so what I did and I for the spider-man one. There's still no title for it So I just used the fake one that I found uh, online um, but from what it looks like everybody This is how our release slate for the MCU is going to look. And when you got, in terms of Disney Plus shows, we'll start there. It goes WandaVision, then Falka Winter Soldier, then Loki, then What If? Then Miss Marvel, Hawkeye, Moon Knight, She-Hulk, Secret Invasion, which is now we know that Nick Fury show that they were talking about a few months back. Uh, Ironheart, Armor Wars, the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday Special. <laughs> uh, whatever that's going to be. And I Am Groot, uh, the animated series about baby Groot. And that's all hitting Disney Plus in roughly that order, based on what I could find uh, with release date research and stuff. It's roughly that order for the shows. And then over in the cinemas, uh, if they're still going to be a thing, cinemas in the near future, uh, we got Black Widow, of course, Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings, then Eternals, Spider-Man 3. Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, Thor, Love and Thunder, Black Panther 2, Captain Marvel 2, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, Blade, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, and then Fantastic Quattro.
2: Ooh,
0: yeah, Uh, that's how it's looking. And that's not set in stone. That's just as of, you know, two days ago when I looked online and tried to parse out what's coming out when, that's the order I got.
1: Mm-hmm. just to, just to confirm for you guys as of december 13th which is when we recorded this that is the current schedule
0: yeah so is that going to change probably who knows maybe fantastic four will come out in, on january 1st 2021 and what a great world that would be oh, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah that's how it's looking right now and it is it is glorious and i love i i know i've said this a billion times but i love Disney's logos. Disney is so good when it comes to designing logos for all their upcoming stuff, Uh, and all these Marvel logos are just gorgeous. Oh, just
1: gorgeous! Just eat them all up, man! Like that, even though it's just like the smallest thing, man. Freaking, uh, freaking like the uh, the Fantastic Four icon, it just looks so freaking cool. (laughs) Yeah, it looks right. It looks
0: so right, not only for the Fantastic Four, but for the MCU's Fantastic Four. Oh yeah. It fits. Uh, And I've like, I know that there was a lot to take in from that, but if you had to pick like your two most, the two shows that made you the most excited and the two movies that made you the most excited as of right now, what are those?
1: Oh man, that's a, that's a tough question. And you know, it's okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to approach this question in a fun way. Um, First of all, I this this answer is solely going to be based on like what I'm super stoked for, but that's not to say that I'm not looking forward to every single. I like I want to grab every single minute of Marvel I can get my hands on. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now I like Wandavision. What I'm most excited about in Wandavision is Doctor Strange. What is his role, and what and how is he going to tie everything together? Because everything seems to be centered around what's going on with him. Right. Like everything. Like he apparently has a big role to play in Spider-Man and he's also got apparently a big role to play in WandaVision. So I'm curious to see how that's going to play out. What has got me hyped is Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, The rumors I'm hearing about it and, uh, and just like it just that trailer, it was exactly what I wanted. And I think Isabella said it best. My fiance, she's like, she's like, Oh, you know, Okay. She's like Falcon Winter Soldier is just it was just pure action hype and you know that doesn't get me excited but that gets but that gets me excited like mm-hmm. <laughs> that trailer was pure action packed and it looks fun it looks awesome and if I think is what's gonna happen and it is gonna happen I'm just super stoked so yes give me more give me more so I'm very excited for Falcon Falcon Winter Soldier um and I am very very and surprisingly enough very excited for loki i loki yeah. loki if when when we saw the loki trailer or when when fantasia saw it and was telling me about the announcements um you said and i quote i think i see doctor doom or i think i'm seeing doctor doom and after watching it i was like you know what i'm going to get a second opinion on this just to be sure that we're not just getting on the hype train and uh, I talked to my brother, and he's like, I'm pretty sure that's Dr. Doom. And I'm like, yeah. it's, it's got to be Dr. Doom. So I also, then I had an epiphany today, uh, or in, in the the movie The Hook, I had an apostrophe. <laughs> Lightning has struck my brain. Um, and uh, I think that what's going to be genius about Loki is if if this is true, he's going to be introducing Dr. Doom. And if you just, if you just think, if you just take a step back and think that a villain is going to be introducing another villain, think of the storytelling you could do with that and see what that, where that goes. Because if that's true and a lot of people recognize Dr. Doom as like royalty, like as a, as a, you know, he's a leader of his own country and everything. What better way to introduce that character than in the Loki story when he believes himself that he deserves the throne and then you have someone who like Doctor Doom who runs a country. Right. And showing him how it's done and how it needs to be done. (laughs) I like that a lot. That's going to be crazy storytelling. And I mean, think about it. They
0: both wear green. Loki wears green. Doom wears green. Maybe there's a scene where it's like, you have to go to this convention where everybody wears green it's just a, a place for people who wear green. And then he goes there and like uh, the green ranger is there and who else wears I, green? Oh, I'm blanking. Oh,
1: Oh, you know who else wears green? I'm going to steal this joke from you right now. do it. It's do a nihilist. An wears green.
0: Christine Everhart. She's going <laughs> to. <drop>? Ah! <laughs> uh,
1: there's a lot of villains that wear green actually. Enchantress yeah. wears green. Um, they all do. And uh, I, I, I honestly, I honestly think if that's Star, Do- if that's Doctor Doom, it's going to be a really cool story. Kang wears green, and we did see a glimpse of Kang in the trailer um, with the statue head behind him, and it was confirmed uh, during the uh, announcements uh, that Jonathan Majors, uh, an incredible actor who worked on an incredible series, uh, which is Lovecraft Country uh jonathan majors will be playing kang the conqueror himself so i'm very curious to see a, uh, an actor who demonstrates an incredible tenacity and very driven
0: uh, uh, excellent so- casting excellent yeah, casting
1: to, to play such a, a very in-depth character like kang um so i and and kang is also a ruler so loki is just dealing with these characters who just get how to rule and how to do it or in their in their own way so now I heard Great. an alternate um, thought on those statues.
0: Oh! Uh, I heard uh, somebody hypothesized that that's not Kang, but they they said that uh, it could be the Living Tribunal. Oh, could be. Is it? They appear behind uh, whoever Gugu ra is playing, where she looks like she's sitting in a courtroom, and she's and like Loki's on trial. They appear behind her on the wall. And the the living tribunal, from what I gather of them, is they are sort of like high judges, right? Yeah, of, of the cosmos.
1: Yeah, they're they're judges of the cosmos, but um, but also the in the comics, the TVA is I think it's run by Kang. Oh, okay, okay, all right. So so there's a lot of conflicting opinions here, but we all know Marvel could also just pull a fast one on us and just and just do something even cooler. So. Um, yeah uh but we you know i mean among these uh, among these announcements i'll say very excited for so right now with what's coming out very excited for falcon winter soldier and super excited about loki what i'm looking forward to in terms of shows the most is definitely she hulk Um very excited to see she hulk uh, she has probably some of the coolest stories uh with marvel and the avengers and all that stuff so i'm very curious to see uh, how her story's gonna play out and tatiana Mazzolani, if you haven't seen orphan black I mean I haven't watched the whole thing but I've seen her work in that and it's her acting is phenomenal mm-hmm. it's great to see uh it's it's I, it's not really necessary to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. It's just nice to see a lot of Canadians getting work in, yeah, uh, yeah. in the Marvel, yeah. uh, spe- especially in the roles they got. Uh, the actress who's playing Miss Marvel is from Toronto. Um, even uh, Sh- uh, Shang Chi is uh, Canadian. Yeah. I think he's from Toronto as well. And uh, Tatiana, man, that's just just awesome. Just awesome stuff. Um, so yeah, I'm very much looking forward to She Hulk. Uh, Moon Knight was described as an Indiana Jones adventure uh using using uh egyptian iconology i think he said um so i'm very excited to see how that's going to play out cross over
0: with tom cruise's
1: mummy I hope, oh, I hope not i hope not I you leave, gotta, you leave yeah. that movie out of this please <laughs> i will say one that surprised me i think uh, first of all i think hawkeye is going to be good am i going to be super excited for it not as much as she hulk i think she hulk is going to really dominate uh but one that really surprised me was iron, uh war machines armor wars i'm mm-hmm. pretty stoked for that um that's gonna be pretty cool iron heart was a really cool one too i think The generational characters are interesting to me in the Marvel universe. I don't like when characters are rewritten. I like when characters are able to pass the torch on a certain way. Like Falcon Winter Soldier is a perfect example. Like Cap giving Falcon the shield and he's like dealing with the weight of that. That's good storytelling for me because, again, like that's a nice passing of the torch and you could have characters get influenced within that story arc in a certain way. Um so i with that being said, I'm very excited for Ironheart. Um I heard uh I heard Riri's character, she has a lot of good stories, um being that she her story kicks off uh that she finds a piece of Iron Man's suit and is able to build her own because she's that much of a genius. Oh through okay. that. And I like that, and uh, and I think obviously Thor and Love and Thunder, uh, the torch is going to be obviously passed down to Jane Foster, and with Taika behind the wheel, I think redeeming characters like that is is awesome. I I don't know um I don't know if it's Favreau or or who's behind this with Feige, but it seems to me like Star Wars and Marvel are just getting it right, where it's like okay if you had some projects that weren't re- re- well received then give them justice and and something else. Like, you know, yeah. find a find a way to give them justice as opposed to just abandoning everything and just pretending it didn't happen. Like, it's like, we know it happened. Um, for example, I will say the justice was given to a point where I'm like, oh, you know what? I want to watch Phantom Menace again because quick side note, like Mandalorian, oh, the justice, the, the fan justice that they're getting. Oh man, you guys... You, Fantasia, and your buddies—you guys just must be livid with all this stuff in a good way. Just like, just getting so excited. The Mandalorian
0: is just reminding everybody how sexy every Star Wars movie has been.
1: Yes, well said, and that's my point. And I'll, I'll, I'm going to quickly jump in and say, like, like a moment for example, guys, is the M count, which mm-hmm. is a great, great way of segueing to saying uh clearly you know the empire defined it as midichlorians and that's their interpretation of that whole debacle <laughs> and uh and obviously jedi's believe and it, and they did it in um i think they either did it in the episode before or the episode after and they're like oh jedi believe every like the force is everywhere like it's not within one person brilliant brilliant storytelling but yeah marvel's doing the same thing as that we're seeing that with like r- the return of jane foster like why say like oh you know let's forget the early Thor movies no let's find a way to make them cool relevant and 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 thus giving them more value because now you know people will may want to revisit it in a new set of eyes which will make it more digestible because yeah. Dark World may not be the best but it's still good it's still a good movie it had it had like a lot of cool visual aesthetics the characters look great and there were some cool fun parts of the story there um so I'm very excited for that a little side tangent on that, but um that's why I'm excited for generational characters because you can pass the torch and you can also build and fix certain lore that may not have connected. So Ironheart, very excited for that. I uh, Armor Wars, super stoked. Um, uh, but the big the big ones I'm really excited for is the Falcon Winter Soldier, Loki, and She Hulk. Fantasia, in terms of shows, what about you, buddy?
0: Ooh, okay, yeah, this is um These announcements are just staggering. And I mean, I I got so excited by them. Uh, Clearly excited enough to spend two hours making these images (laughs) just so I could see it all laid out in front of me in some kind of order. Um, I will say that before this announcement, I think this is the best way to describe what this show did for me. Before this announcement, the two things that I was most excited for in terms of shows were Falcon and Winter Soldier and She-Hulk. Just because I absolutely love She-Hulk, and I just I couldn't wait to see her, and then just *Winter Soldier* just really felt like a cool continuation of *Civil War*. Oh yeah. So those two were what I was focused on. After this show, I uh, have to sort of change my vote a little bit and say that that has now turned into um, *WandaVision* and She-Hulk. Ooh. and I think that's because I might have to go out on a limb here and say that the WandaVision trailer might be my favorite trailer the MCU has ever done.
1: Wow, yeah. that is bold. Oh, my God. You know what, though? I will agree, and, and that's why I don't want to discredit me being like, well, I love Falcon Winter Soldier, and this is going to be awesome. I think it's a great trailer, and I, I'm I'm gonna be very I'm gonna enjoy the story a lot. I like can't wait I can't wait till we do the party watching thing and watch it together. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, uh, yeah, I think that um, I think that One Division is gonna be a really cool story, even though it's a weird it's a weird story. But that trailer did the best job of selling that show. Like, oh man, I had oh.
0: goosebumps every time I watched it, and it's just like yep. the the first Guardians of the Galaxy trailer was sort of it held that spot for me as like one of the best trailers I'd ever seen the whole hooked on a feeling one. And then along comes WandaVision just being all like uh, beautiful and stylish. And they, they took uh, the song daydream believer and they turned it into this very uh, like creepy, uh, but still kind of hopeful and, and bombastic and spirited score. And they melded those two pieces of music together at the same time, showing us all these scenes in like this this really cool, really out there, far fetched show that looks like it's about television, which makes it the perfect sort of springboard. I'm actually glad now, having seen this, that this is the first show and not Falcon and Winter Soldier because it's Marvel's, it's the MCU's first dive into TV shows. And it's about TV shows. Like, it couldn't have been more perfect. It's almost like they planned the pandemic. Uh, <laughs> what? I'm, I'm kidding, Feige. I love you. Um,
1: this, is, this isn't B for Vendetta, man.
0: <laughs> or is uh, it? Uh, I've, I've been playing a lot of cyberpunk, so right now everything is B <laughs> for Vendetta. <laughs> uh, yeah so so WandaVision and She-Hulk for me right now those two are looking just I cannot get to them fast enough Loki crept up there though because that trailer was all the right kinds of bonkers and mm-hmm. I'm I'm really happy to see Loki um Hawkeye I, has me excited just because I have a huge crush on Haley Steinfeld so oh yeah, yeah Hawkeye is uh is, is I wasn't excited on too much until i heard that casting then i'm like i get to see Haley steinfeld with a bow and arrow yes please
1: um she is she is a a beautiful young lady um and uh i i am i'm interested to see that story because my brother's read that story apparently the hawkeye the hawkeye that robert i think his name is robert fraction did uh is supposed to be really good and she just came out in the avengers game and uh, unfortunately, I only got to play like two missions before Cyberpunk came out. And then I said bye bye to Avengers for a while, but I'll be playing it again soon. Um, but yeah, I mean, Haley, I, I'm very excited for Haley to get in there. And this is another good example of, uh, of a generational character. Like, I want to see the passing of torches. I love those kind of stories if they're done right.
0: Yeah. And I think this one will be done, right. especially because Clint Barton, since we've met him, has always been the kind of guy who's like, I don't want to do this anymore. So it's not even going to feel like a forced passing of the torch. You know, it's going to be like, Mm -hmm. give this guy the rest. You know, if I was married to Linda Florentino, I wouldn't want to do anything anymore either, except stay home with her. So I get it. (laughs) I get it, Clint. We're going to pass the torch. She's going to be great. She's going to be the new Hawkeye. It's going to be beautiful. The two shows that have me not like, I don't, I'm not not excited for them, but I just have a big question mark about them is the whole Armor Wars and Ironheart. And it's because they seem like they'd be very similar shows. Uh, They're both about random people who are not Tony Stark getting their hands on Tony Stark suits and flying around in Iron Man suits. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I'm I'm really curious. I'm still stoked for them. I'm just really curious what they're going to do to be a different from Iron Man's story and be different from each other.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's a good question, man. Uh, I mean, I, I know of the armor war story, uh, it's essentially just different iron man suits all like going rogue and, and, uh, but some, but some serious like events do happen in that storyline, uh, that definitely center around James Rhodes becoming war machine. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, I think it was the armor Wars that kicked off James Rhodes becoming the war machine and then getting his own spin-off comic. Um, so I'm curious to see how they're going to use that story, but I think it's going to be pretty cool. Uh, and and I agree with you. I'm not sure. I'm just not sure. But I mean, in terms of future Marvel stories uh, that, are, that are TV show related, I mean, yeah, I just uh, I think for me, like Moon Knight, I can't wait to see the trailer for that um and i believe secret invasion is going to be a a series so with the scroll and i think that's going to be which is crazy because we've been talking about where we think the next avengers movie is going and we were like oh it's going to be secret invasion so if the show is going to be secret invasion does that mean it's not going to be as big as event as whatever is going to be
0: i think so because i think they're saving uh avengers for you know like either kang or christine everhart or whoever's going to be the big threat to be like you know we need to call and we need a movie called avengers colon subtitle again Uh, so (laughs) i
1: i I, I don't think i don't think we'll ever get another avengers subtitled movie like uh i hope you're
0: wrong i really hope you're wrong (laughs) i
1: I don't i just don't see it i don't like 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 my brother i agree i'm the more i see it the more i kind of agree with my brother in the sense of like and my brother's opinion could have changed by now but you got to take a step back and, and realize like, if you want the end game to have as much meaning as it did, then you need to, you need to not do an Avengers movie. You could do another group movie easily. Like you could, oh, do, yeah. like they could, they could even name it like, like, let's just say galactic storm, you know, something like that mm-hmm. and, and have like Avengers characters together. But I don't know. I don't know if we'll see another Avengers movie anytime soon. I think
0: I, I agree with you a hundred percent where, to make endgame powerful, uh, you have to kind of step back from the idea of the Avengers for a while. But yeah. what I think should happen now is the next endgame should be Avengers 5. Like every phase four, five, and six builds up to Avengers 5. That, uh, that that's the crown jewel at the end of the tunnel, where it's like all of this cool shit's gonna happen. But eventually we have to get to the climax of whatever this saga is, the Annihilus saga, whatever. Mm -hmm. And we get there, even though there's team-ups galore and we have, you know, two other Doctor Strange movies coming out first and whatever, and Blade shows up for whatever reason. Still, when it comes to the end of the line, you got to call in the Avengers. And it's like this triumphant thing of like, oh, I can just picture Feige standing there on the stage. Like, how do we defeat this massive energy, uh, this energy, this massive enemy? There's only one way we can do it, and that's together. And then he turns around and points at a screen and and shows, you know, Avengers, five.
1: <laughs> um. Uh. Yeah. No. I think you're right. I. I yeah. That could definitely happen. Uh, it would be surprising if it took th- th- three phases to get to an Avengers film. But you're. But I think you. I'm glad you agree in the sense that like you need to in order to keep the impact of Endgame, you need to really take a step back, you know, and, 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 and don't do it for a long time, but I don't know, man, maybe like for me, like the way I'm seeing it is we'll probably see like, you know, Marvel's Illuminati and that will be like, quote unquote, the next Avengers movie where, ah, maybe, you, know, yeah. you know, like a name or Xavier, you know, maybe a cameo from uh, Tony Stark and Dr. Strange, like all these guys get together. Um, I I think the next if if you want if you want a Marvel like Avengers movie I think the next one's going to be Secret Wars.
0: Ooh, I can get behind Secret Wars. That makes mm. a lot of sense to me because it's very it it's probably the biggest story they did in the 80s cuz I think Infinity Gauntlet was 90s, right? Or was that 80s as well?
1: Infinity Gauntlet was also the 80s, uh, maybe okay. late I think it was late 80s.
0: Okay, so they came out roughly the same time then, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I agree. The Secret Wars would be the big one. Um, now, speaking of movies, if we if we turn our attention to the slate of movies, how oh, many? Yeah. Uh, phase three, remind me, was phase three ten films?
1: Phase three was, I believe, ten films. Yes,
0: ten films. Okay, because what we have looming ahead of us right now is twelve films, Ryan. Now we don't know. Uh, Like the first six we know for sure are phase four because that's what they told us, you know, a year and a half ago. Black Widow, Shang-Chi, Eternals, Spider-Man, whatever, Doctor Strange and Thor Love and Thunder is phase four because that's that's kind of what we've been promised. Everything else, though, Black Panther 2, Captain Marvel 2, Guardians 3, Blade, Ant-Man of the Last Quantumania and Fantastic Four are just kind of movies that we know will exist. But, you know, under what umbrella? We're not sure yet uh so first of all these with everything that we learned the other day which two movies two or three movies are you now most excited for did it change
1: i think it might have changed oh my god i think it did <laughs> yeah uh well i mean obviously i'm stoked for fantastic four the fact that we didn't even get any like really the only thing we got was the director which again is huge and 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 not to discredit that guy's work what he's done with spider-man complete game changer some people may disagree with me but i love i love the kind of tone he created with spider-man i think it's the same tone he needs to do for fantastic four yes yes In order to, in order to take what could be a very, what could be a very, um, you know, a very kind of boring or like we kind of seen that story before. I think he could bring a very modern, I think he could make the Fantastic Four very modern, which is very, which is a very hard thing to do because they are, they are built around that, you know, 1950s nuclear family, right? Like, you know, uh, a father uh, a father a daughter and then like the son kind of thing even though Johnny storms like the brother but you know what I mean like uh, your traditional family but yeah it's not very tradi- rock
0: like that yeah.
1: yeah um yeah very well said and uh, so so now we're gonna see I think we're gonna see a very modern fantastic forum very and I think he's the right guy to do it like what he did with and we'll we'll talk about that when uh, when you guys when you guys hear the the spider-man recording, um, we'll talk about how he modernized Mary Jane to be like what today's Mary Jane would be. Like he honestly, I I would have never seen it coming, but I'm not surprised when he brought it. Like that's exactly how I would have seen a Mary Jane in today's world. You know what I mean? Beautiful. So I'm I'm I think he's the perfect director for that. And that's got me even more excited because Fantastic Four deserve an incredible movie. Like they deserve it. They've, yeah. they've, they've had, they were, they were one of the pioneers of like comic book movies, um, next to uh, the obvious ones like Spider-Man and X-Men. But now where we are at with movies today, like after what Iron Man's done, Cap's done, the Avengers movies have done, we need to see a, a modern Fantastic Four. And I cannot wait to see what he does. My money is on, uh, the Jim Lee run of Fantastic Four, um but uh we shall see
0: maybe i mean i wouldn't be surprised if it is set in the 60s and then they time travel to the future and they're kind of stuck here or something
1: i hope so um i'd still be kind of curious i mean in the uh avengers earth's mightiest heroes cartoon which we all know the running gag here is i bet you any money fantasia still has not seen it you bet correctly there you go Uh, (laughs) but they do they do a great job of representing the fantastic four in that show but they it's not like they go deep dive into the characters but how the characters interact with other uh people like for example susan storm um uh hangs out with the wasp a lot but they're there are these modern women you know they are just like like first of all (laughs) Uh, Tony Stark is always trying to trying to get with Susan Storm as a joke to Reed Richards. And and uh, you know, and she's just this woman that's just so uh so confident. Uh like think of think of the most successful celebrity women out there who like run their own business but yet are like super attractive. Like that's super that's Susan Storm. Yeah. So I can't wait to see. I just can't wait to see how this director is gonna modernize this, this, the first family. Um, and I just can't wait to see how it's going to look and how it's going to feel. If it looks anything like Jim Lee's Fantastic Four or The Future Foundation, I am so there. So there. So am I correct in assuming that that
0: is now one of your top three most anticipated of these movies? Yes. Yeah, yeah
1: Fantastic Four. Yeah, definitely the the top three most anticipated. Um, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. Uh, I think only because... I love I love Doctor Strange. I mean, I the movies have done such a good job with the character. We haven't even like okay, we we did the Doctor Strange recording already, but we haven't seen him like fully in action yet, and the next movies to which we see him fully in action is incredible. <laughs> he is such a freaking cool character. He does so many cool things. And yeah, MCU has done nothing but justice for Doctor Strange, and so with Sam Rami behind the wheel, ah, oh God, that movie's gonna be epic!
0: Oh my uh, gosh, I'm so excited! You, have, I, I'm, I look like a child right now. I'm like squeezing my fists together, and I'm like,
1: ah, it's gonna exist soon. It's it's gonna exist soon, and again, like. Like, and these trailers, guys, like, oh my God, these trailers, Fantasia, mm-hmm. oh God, so good. So, okay, in order, my top three, I'm going to start from the top Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. Can't wait. Just can't wait. Because I, I we. I don't want to go off to another big tangent, but I'll, I'll just say this X-Men hasn't done too badly. They yeah. haven't. So, when when MC does X-Men, it will be exciting. But not as exciting as Fantastic Four. I just i i can i can't even imagine the level of pressure Kevin Feige and the creative team must feel to do this right. So i I think that this is going to be pretty epic. Uh, and it's 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 going to be something just truly out of this this world. I can't say it other than that. Uh, and especially if Dr. Doom's in Loki and they introduce him in Loki first. That's going to be Ooh, yeah. epic. Uh, so Fantastic Four, super excited for that. Um, and then I'll say Dr. Strange. And then my third one, uh, what do you think my third one is? Uh, I'm going to ask you that.
0: That's a great
1: question. I, Looking at what we have here, I mean,
0: there's so many different directions that it could go. I think your third one is Spider
1: Man. It's a tie. Oh, Spider Man is definitely one of them. Uh huh. And and that's only because first of all, I'm exhausted of the rumors that are circling around Spider Man to oh, a point where sure. I don't even know what's true anymore.
0: Yeah, you got the fatigue. I totally understand that.
1: Yeah. Like guys, I get it. I get it. The news out there is exciting. And there's so much going on with that movie. It's so ambitious. Now, that being said, for example, if Jamie Foxx returns as Electro, it could be like literally a two second scene. Like he could come in for literally like two seconds and be like, I'm Electro. And that's all we get. It's like Wedge in
0: The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Right. Like, like, oh, real. Wedge. <laughs> yeah like like oh which in the movie oh my god and then everyone's like oh man he's gonna be like such a pivotal character he was literally like two seconds like <laughs> two seconds but so all these like rumors i'm hearing is like okay so are these all just like everyone's got like one cameo shot like what's going on like dr strange could be a very long played out like a principal character let's leave it at that he could be a principal character but spider mans story if half of it's true i'm curious to see how it's going to play out and it could be awesome it could be very much it could be very much the story i saw in the cartoon with the beyonder and the the different spider-men and it gets a little crazy um and i can't wait for that if if daredevil's in it and that's true and there's uh the people versus spider-man and 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 uh matt murdoch's the lawyer Oh, my God. That's going to be so freaking good. Like, that is going to be so good. And that's what got me excited. Like, the more I hear about other characters playing in the story is is big. So, yeah, spider Man's my third one, but it's tied with Ant-Man and the Wasp in Quantumania. Oh, wow. Good pick. uh, Peyton Reed has done nothing but justice with Ant-Man. If you get if you get excited about a character from a movie, I in the past you've been like oh you sold out because you know they're selling you this. No, this is not that case. If they're doing such a good job of transforming the character into a movie and you get hooked on that character, they've done their job. They have done their job to make that character awesome and they, they you they deserve that admiration. They deserve it. So if Peyton Reed can make Ant-Man a fun film and make the character such a fun character sign me up man and the fact that jonathan majors is kang oh i can't wait i can't wait that's beautiful so good (laughs) all right buddy top three for you let's hear it
0: those were great picks man it's it's crazy i'm looking at this image that i made here with with these movie logos and mm-hmm. just the logos get me so excited that this whole time I literally cannot stop smiling. <laughs> I just, I right. just looking at it. And I'm like, Ooh, but this one is going to be fun. And this, like there's nothing on this movie list that I'm not excited for. Like even blade and like, I don't even care about blade, but I'm excited <laughs> about blade. Um, oh. And, and speaking of, the, of uh, these logos, uh, another piece of news that is probably only really interesting to me, cause I'm the only one who really cares about these things, but, We have the official logo and title for Captain Marvel 2. And it is Captain Marvel 2 with a number 2. And like we haven't seen that or had that confirmed yet. So I just think I I like that. I think that's nice. Uh, You know me with sequel titles and numbers. We talked about that before. Uh, I do love my numbers. Uh, (laughs) So, yeah, this is crazy. I would say that a year and a half ago, my answer would have been first Thor, then Doctor Strange
1: shang chi oh so, ho, ho. That, what? that was, was i'm actually kind of surprised about shang chi why do you why are you so interested in shang chi uh, shang chi uh,
0: Shang uh as kevin Feige pronounced it well it looks like so much fun i'm really excited to see simu lu uh oh i love that actor looks like such a fun character there's martial arts gonna be involved which has me excited and i know it has you excited Mr. Hell yeah, yeah baby you know man um, so, and it feels like a, an Indiana Jones kind of adventure and a Mandarin, like there's so much there. And again, I mean, this is me making a huge assumption, but this is just the way Marvel has worked. That's only part one. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think it's fair to assume Shang-Chi will get another movie in the future after this. So it's just like, oh I got a new franchise to gush over. So that, that's what had me excited about that. And then now fast-forwarding to today, a year and a half later, and looking at everything, it's, I mean, I'm still giddy for every single one of these, but I think because of everything that's happened lately, I think my order is now this. Um, at the number three, Spider-Man. Yep. Because it's like, what is this movie going to be? It's crazy. Oh, yeah. Um, number two, Fantastic Four. And number one, Doctor Strange.
1: Ooh,
0: like Doctor Strange really, I feel like that's going to be the most important movie the MCU has ever had. Uh, Next to Iron Man 1. Like it's going to be a movie that's like, like it just changes the game. And I mean, like having said that, like I cannot wait for Eternals. I am like counting down the days till Guardians Volume 3. Like everything is just, it has me so pumped. But those are my three, I think.
1: I I was blown away because in the announcement uh, in Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness, Kevin Feige said that uh, America Chavez is going to be in it. Yeah. And and if you know who that is, that's uh, Miss America, uh, which is um, the female Captain America. Oh, okay. Uh, And so uh, she, and what is interesting is she is one of the uh, members that appears in the young Avengers. So we, you may get an Avengers movie, but it will probably be the young Avengers. And I bet you, it's going to involve the new Hawkeye Miss America, uh, and involve, um, uh, Oh my God. Uh, Miss Marvel. Mm -hmm. Uh, and give me a second and probably, uh, Shang-Chi.
0: Probably. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's a lot to look forward to. Um, that's, so that's, that's what we're looking at. That's what we're looking at from, from Disney's investor meeting. And it is so much to be happy about.
1: We're, we we um, haven't even talked about all the announcements, but I don't think we need to. Like if you're, uh, if you're listening to this, you probably caught it all. We're not going to be the first to tell you all this news. What we're going to do is just celebrate it with you. That's if We are about.
0: the first to tell you this news. Thank you for trusting us that much. That That means <laughs> the world to us. I hope there's at least just one person in the world who we just broke the news to right now, Ryan, by saying these yeah. things. Some, somebody I who's like, anybody. wait, wait, there's a Captain Marvel too. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we, we just rocked somebody's world right now. I, I hope so. Um, I uh, actually, one of my uh, my students has started listening to Infinity Rewatch. Oh no way! Uh, yeah. So we we uh, we do have people all over the place who like to hear us talk, which is so flattering. Thank you. We really do appreciate it.
1: Oh yeah, we definitely appreciate it.
0: Uh, so that was the first segment of this three segment. Uh, holiday special uh, jingolingo ling I should have had eggnog I should have, I should be drinking an, are you drinking an eggnog right now
1: I have never had eggnog in my life
0: okay it's it's an acquired taste and you know what I'm, I'm glad you're not drinking it I would actually recommend you don't drink it when you're recording a podcast because it is very milky and it will turn your throat. Uh, into something that doesn't sound great on a microphone. So I'm
1: glad. You it. <laughs> well, Isabella loves it. So I may have it sooner or later.
0: Oh, they make really good ones that are like candy
1: cane flavored. So they're
0: minty. If you put it in your coffee, perfect place to start getting. It's your eggnog gateway
1: drug. Sweet. <laughs> well, for me, uh, my, let's just say my holiday treat, if I were to have one during this podcast would be candy cane ice cream. Ooh, President's choice, candy cane ice cream. Product placement. I'm gonna say it. It is the best. So good.
0: At President's Choice, if you uh, if you're listening, you want to hook us up or what? You know, you just got some free advertising there.
1: I will gladly take three tubs of your wonderful ice cream. Just, <laughs> it's so good, and it only comes out during the holidays. So. Oh,
0: wow. That sounds nice. I'm gonna. My freezer is so small that I literally, like if I buy one tub of ice cream, all I can fit in there now is like a carrot. So <laughs> if there's room, then maybe I'll pick up a, a tub, but that sounds delicious. Sounds yep. Lovely. Uh, all right. Time for the second segment. And this one, I actually haven't told you about yet, Ryan, because it's kind of exciting and I wanted to surprise you. Let's give you oh. a little Christmas gift here. I have put together uh, this is kind of like a housekeeping thing, uh, sort of, for the show. It's our upcoming Infinity Rewatch schedule.
2: Uh, oh. <laughs>
0: like how Kevin Foggy likes to stand on a stage and tell you, guess what's coming out on which date? I'm going to kind of do the same thing here because, uh, as you know, we've been keeping to a tighter schedule lately because I wanted to get these episodes out as fast as possible so we can get ready for Phase 4. And purely by fluke, because I'm not that smart or good at math, I didn't intend it to work out this well, but the timing works really well. And I'm very excited to share with you, Ryan, and with you, everybody listening, how Infinity Rewatch's schedule is going to be moving forward. So this holiday special you're listening to right now came out on December 24th, 2020. It is our Christmas special and our last episode of the show before the new year begins. And then moving into 2021, we will have Ant-Man, our episode on Ant-Man, coming on January 3rd. Uh, you'll be hearing that uh, our, in our, uh, our first foray into the new year. Then on January 13th, you got Captain America Civil War. We move into phase three, which is exciting. And two days after that, Ryan, on January 15th, is the premiere of episode one of WandaVision. Ooh! So with wow, with, we could not have timed that better. Yeah, it's crazy with the with the WandaVision or with the Disney Plus shows in general. Uh, we still want to work out the the best way to record our our uh, our thoughts on each episode. Um, but so I don't know if we're able yet to actually record ourselves the day of and then even post it the day of. That would be ideal, but that's what we're going to shoot for at least in that ballpark anyway. Um, and then a week later on January 22nd is episode two of WandaVision. And then the following day, January 23rd, we give you our episode on Dr. Strange. Uh, and then January 29th, we got WandaVision episode three. And when we move into February, the second day of February is Guardians volume two, which is exciting. Uh, and then February 5th, WandaVision again, February 12th is a double header because that's the day we release our episode on Spider-Man homecoming. And it's also... WandaVision episode five. So that's going to be February 12th. is going to be a busy time around here on Infinity Rewatch. So keep your ears open for that. And then on February 19th is the finale of WandaVision. And a few days later on February 22nd, you can tune in to hear us talk about Thor Ragnarok, the most colorful motion picture ever made. And then on March 4th, Black Panther, which I think is interesting because if I remember right, the Black Panther movie actually came out on a March 4th. I could be wrong about that, but that's just how the timing worked. Um, March 14th, Infinity War. And then March 19th, we Ooh. did ourselves the premiere of Falcon and Winter Soldier. That's- uh, Oh
1: my God. <laughs>
0: March 19th. And then following uh, that following week on March 24th, Ant-Man and the Wasp. March 26th is another episode of Falcon Winter Soldier. So is April 2nd. April 3rd, Captain Marvel. April 9th, another episode of Falcon Winter Soldier. And then April 13th, again, very close to its actual release date, Endgame. Uh, And then April 16th is Falcon Winter Soldier Episode 5. April 23rd, Spider-Man Far From Home. And once again, Spider-Man is pulling a double header because on that exact same day, uh, they aired the finale of Falcon and Winter Soldier. And that'll be once again on April 23rd, which means since that's the Far From Home episode, we have covered every Marvel movie. And lo and behold, in less than two weeks from that point is May 7th, in which they release Black Widow Worldwide. And I did not plan it that way, but that is how things shaped out to be.
1: Just cuz. Holy crap. <laughs> Wow! Just wow, man. Oh my God! What incredible timing. We did not even plan it that way. <laughs> oh my God! And then on top of that, then Loki kicks off in May as well. And no, yeah, that's gonna be.
0: The twenty twenty one is going to be a wonderful time.
1: Uh, let's just put it this way: If we were paid to do this show, then we've just guaranteed ourselves work for like God knows how long.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> but if you want to pay us to do this show, anybody, you know, we will not go have- go
1: visit Patreon, and you could go uh, support. Uh, was it in um, Rebel Scum uh, Podcast Outpost?
0: Yeah, I'll leave a leave a message there on Rebel Scum Podcast there, and just say like, "Hey, we're specifically paying you money for a rewatch because <laughs> are <they're, they're laughs> handsome and knowledgeable." And we agree with, uh, with Ryan that Andrew should get his ass in front of a TV and watch in Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes.
1: Uh, yes. I, you know what? That should be the campaign on Patreon is to, uh, <laughs> is to fund our Marvel ways so, so Fantasia can realize how seriously he needs to take this work and, uh, and watch <laughs> Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes.
0: One day I'm just going to make a videotape of myself watching it, but like actually like a VHS videotape and then gift wrap that VHS and mail it to you. And then you have to go buy a VCR and then put it in. And you'd be like, oh, my God, it's a video of Andrew watching Avengers with Muddiest Heroes. This is great.
1: You monster. Just to put it on VHS so I'd have to do some sort of effort. Is it to acknowledge the same effort I put in to try to get you to watch it? Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah, burn uh well that is awesome man and that is quite the schedule we have ahead of us um i will say that uh we had a a solid plan at first and then obviously with the unfortunate events of covid really rocked our world uh fortunately we were able to catch up with technology and, and be able to do it the way we've been doing it now which is fantastic it's fun it's easy for the both of us um and uh we're having a great grand old time doing it but uh i was worried because i i I want to make sure we keep up with the the happenings of Marvel and uh, have a good time.
0: Yeah, it, it would have sucked if we couldn't, uh, you know, talk about stuff as it was coming out. Because even though the show started as looking back, it started as a rewatch, uh, we wanted uh, to be able to watch period, right? We wanted to be able to first watch things for the first time and talk about them. And yeah. it's great that we're going to be able to do that pandemic or no pandemic we we still have that luxury to make the show um so i i mean like i can't thank you enough for finding this method this uh this ZenCaster method because this has helped us immensely
1: <laughs> yeah man oh I, I i of course and it's it's definitely been able to uh, uh, help us for sure and uh but yeah, guys, uh, just uh, keep uh, letting us know uh, how you feel about the show. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a comment, uh, and uh, definitely subscribe to the Rebel Rebel Scum. Those guys are awesome, and uh, they gave us this little world to play in. So definitely show your support for sure.
0: Yay! And now the holiday special kicks into its third and final segment. And this is, this is going to be a lot of fun. And there might even be a few tears shed. Y- yes. Ryan <laughs> and I are very nostalgic people. And uh, mm-hmm. Christmas is a very nostalgic time. Uh, I would argue that Halloween is even more nostalgic, but that's a topic for a whole other podcast. But Christmas is very nostalgic. We always think back when we, or, or any holiday really, no matter what you celebrate, you always think back and you think of when you were a kid celebrating said holiday, and it just it pulls you into this world where suddenly things uh, are are tastier and smells are are more pleasant, and uh, you know a world of of green trees and beautiful Christmas lights. It just kind of soaks you in the atmosphere of the holiday season. It is a time of remembrance. It really is. So why uh, the main reason we wanted to do this Christmas or rather holiday special is we wanted to talk about Marvel memories, our Marvel memories. And I know you've got tons because Marvel has been a big thing uh, in your life for a long time. So let's get into it let's talk about our marvel memories what got us started on this path that we're on right now
1: all right let's do it oh where to begin where to begin um i guess the first question should be uh i guess the first question should be is is definitely what got us into marvel right that first memory and so that being said um i will say that the uh Isabella actually asked me this very question when I was talking about the show um and uh and this this particular episode and the first earliest memory of me enjoying Marvel was that my cousin Scott had a box of comic books now we at the time had like a comic book or two but we really didn't know what we had like you know it's just one of those things like hey this looks cool let's buy it um (laughs) But he had this box of comics, and and my brother could correct me if I'm wrong because he was the older sibling, so he uh, he probably probably has better memory of where he's seen this stuff before and and how we kind of had it. But I remember talking with my cousin, and he showed us this box of comic books as an early memory, and just like like he had Todd McFarlane's run of Spider Man uh he also had some incredible x-men comics and it just like the art behind him and and my cousin was one of those like collector guys where he would find like very rare ones so he had like the hologram cover of spider-man which was really cool um of of spider-man kind of sitting in his webs Oh, neat. Uh, yeah it was uh it was pretty neat and then my cousin kevin had a friend who ran a comic book shop <gasps> yeah and uh oh and this is this is a memory you're gonna appreciate now that i uh now that you and i had a moment where we shared uh we we shared the trading cards that we collected Mm -hmm. um i um he had a friend named i think it was francois um he ran a comic book store and he he had to stay over at our place one day and i was so excited um, and I was hoping that I could trade cards with him because obviously he would have some pretty cool cards and he did. I, I mean, I had nothing to offer this man, this man, he showed me his trading his Marvel trading cards and he had the ones we liked, which is the 1993 skybox, uh, collection where you had the nine panels all connect together. And he oh, had like God. every single one and he had doubles and triples of every single one. Like oh. it, it was pretty epic. Um, and so I was like, yeah, I only have like these four blocks of the nine. (laughs) Like I had nothing and I'm like, do you have this one? He's like, but he's like, he's like, Hey man, it's cool here. And he just gave me like a couple and like, let me have like, I think, I think it went, I went from like four to having like seven out of the, the nine. So I was pretty, pretty stoked that one day. Do you remember which ones he gave you? (sighs) um, I want to say it's the one with the Avengers. Okay. With, with, with uh, I think it's like Captain America and it's not Thor, but it's like Thunderbolt and. Uh, yeah. Hercules. Yeah. Uh,
0: and, those like, are the ones. was in that one too. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So those, so you had those and that's, those are like my early memories of like Marvel stuff that we had before my brother and I like really got into collecting ourselves.
0: Oh, very cool. And it's like, That's so we, if only we could understand at the time what that would mean to us, you know, and what it was going to kind of like uh, back in the movie theater, like if only we knew while we were sitting there watching Iron Man, what that was going to become.
1: Oh yes, yes for sure. So that was like my earliest memories of getting into Marvel. But I will say, like, yeah, that like kicked it off, like kicked it off. But what catalyzed it, like immediately to like instant fandom, was the cartoons, uh- the X the X Men '90s cartoon and the uh, the, the Spider Man cartoon. They were so incredible, like they were just absolutely incredible. And and I'll say what catalyzed it because. I mean, I had I had played the video games. I mean, X Men: Mutant Apocalypse, one of my favorites. Um, the X Men fighting game, also an incredible one. Spider Man: Maximum Carnage is amazing. Um, I remember renting that a few times. Oh, uh, I wish got I... things to say
0: about Maximum Carnage.
1: We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Right. But uh, but but what I wanted to point out was, the, I, it was funny because one of the comic books I had, and didn't even know I had, and, and and was reading it and absolutely loved it. It, but what made me appreciate it more was I had the Maximum Carnage comic book and then seeing it in the cartoon and then also seeing it in the, in the game was like epic.
0: Ooh, yeah. Cause so, they had all
1: the little panels and stuff in the cutscenes. Oh yeah. And, yeah. and so, so I would say probably a kind of a sub question that I'm going to ask, I'm going to throw out there to back to you at one as well is the most, kind of the most cherished comic I have is the Maximum Carnage comic because of the impact it had and how awesome it was so
0: ooh I like that that and that's a good uh that's a good question too the most cherished comic uh cuz I think it's funny I don't think I've ever seen your comics you've talked about them a lot but I don't think I've ever been to your house and you've been like look at my comics
1: uh the only that's because that's because first of all I, I live in a shoebox apartment mm-hmm. uh in near downtown Toronto uh and um and I will say that my my collection of like Marvel stuff is with my parents.
0: Yeah, but I've been to like your your childhood home mm-hmm. uh which like stepping into it just transported me back to 1997 every time. <laughs> it made me so happy to go over to your house and I'm trying yeah. to remember like when I went over to your house, like we would, we would play like super Nintendo or something like that. But I don't remember you ever being like, look, look at these comics. Um, or maybe you did. And I'm just, my memory ain't what it used to be, but
1: I, I do remember showing them to you, but we never, we were, we were getting into games and stuff at the time. So yeah. we were, we weren't like spending too much time talking about comics. But, um, but what I will say is, is that I remember showing you cause I had a cabinet, uh when we went downstairs uh my my family moved all these big office cabinets down into the the downstairs living room and um in the in the corner when you open it in the bottom shelf there was a whole bunch of comics just sprawled out
0: Oh and
1: yeah, it was a big pile. I remember, sh- I remember being like, "Here's my collection," and then we were both talking about it. But then we moved on back into gaming after shortly afterwards.
0: Yeah, because I think that was around the time the Wii first came out, and we were yep. like, "Oh, by the way," uh, and
1: we we're all about that Smash Brothers life.
0: We we're all about the Smash Brothers life, which is a game I'm not crazy about. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I know it's got its fans, but Smash Brothers never, never did it for me.
1: Um, like, like most Nintendo games I find now is that you'll get excited about the game leading up to its launch and during its launch. And then, uh, and, and guys, I love Nintendo. Don't get me wrong, but you'll get excited about one game with Nintendo and it will be the whole reason why you get the console. And then eventually it will, you'll play the console less and less.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, there's an old saying, God hates Nintendo fans. Uh, I think it was in Genesis chapter six, verse three. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty accurate. Um, so my first Marvel memories—it's—I'm—I'm uh, I'm really happy that yours involve cards, man, because mine skews that direction too. I was never a huge comic guy, which is weird because I was always reading, and I learned to read from Archie comics. Uh, so comics was my my gateway drug into the world of literature. But I would never, you know, be like, I want to read the Spider-Man comics. That was never sort of in my headspace. Uh what would happen is my dad who because my parents were divorced, so I would see my dad like every other weekend. Um and he and I, like, you know, he would pick me up and we would go out, we would eat lunch or something, or usually we'd watch a movie. Um, but we started ending up starting this tradition where he'd be like, Oh, let's go to a comic book store. And I don't know how he found these places, but he always found these random hole-in-the-wall stores that you know, I try looking them up now and I'm like, I don't know where any of these places are anymore. Uh, but he would always find these stores and maybe it's just cause like, you know, you're a little kid and the world seems like a bigger place than it is Nor like really, you know, that whole, everything's like an illusion when you're a kid, cause you're so small kind of thing. But to me, it felt like there was like millions of these stores, like every weekend, it almost felt like he took me to a different store, which was probably not the case. We probably had like two or <laughs> three. people we liked to hit, but to yeah. me, it was like, Oh my God, he kept finding a store everywhere. Uh, So we would we would go to all these comic stores and we would like look at stuff. Uh, Dad really liked um, like the statues and stuff, which weren't really huge back then, but they they became bigger. And uh, I remember like as an adult one time I took him into a store and like he was just transfixed by this statue of uh, a Wolverine, I think. And he's just looking at it. He's like, wow, that's a beautiful statue. Uh, he, He was really into that kind of stuff. Um, but I remember going into these stores with him and I wish I remembered the first time this happened. I wish I had that memory, but I don't, but at some point he bought me my first pack of trading cards. And, I, uh, I think the reason behind it, I could be wrong, but, uh, usually, uh, we would go like, cause he would have me for a weekend. So usually on, uh, Sundays, uh, he would take me to my grandfather's place for like for lunch because that's like the big Italian tradition on Sunday you have lunch with the family. Uh, but my dad and his dad didn't really get along. Uh, my grandfather was kind of a kooky dude and uh, his house wasn't the most pleasant place to be for a, a small child like it was boring and and like stinky and uh, you know when you walk into somebody's like garage and it just smells like 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 i want to get out of here that was his whole house (laughs) so i think what happened was my dad um knew that this visit was coming so he's like here andrew here's here's like two packs of, of cards you can like look at them and read them while we're at grandfather's house so you're not bored uh so i i'm pretty sure that's how it started he's like here here's some cards And then that kickstarted this whole thing because it wasn't like that whole detached thing. Like it wasn't like today where you see like a parent handing like an iPad to a kid and be like, here, babysit yourself. Like it wasn't like that Uh, because he was genuinely interested in the cards, too. Like we would sit in his car and open them together and he would look at them with me and he would read them with me. So it wasn't like, here's your toy. Now shut up. It was like, oh, here's this cool thing we can both enjoy, Uh, which was great. So we're, we're looking at, at the, at the cards and stuff like that. um, And he's getting into it even to the point where if I got a double, he would know that it's like, he was that invested in the cards too. He's like, Oh, that's like, I remember, you know, the Superman villain toy man. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, I pulled a card of toy man and I'm like, Oh cool. And he's like, no, you have that one already. I'm like, I do. Are you sure? He's like, no, I remember you getting the toy man. So like he, he was no. very plugged into to what uh, what like he wasn't just like here's your cards now leave me alone. Um, so we would look at these things together, and I think those DC ones, the ones I showed you, they were uh, called DC Cosmic cards from I believe 1991. I would have been four years old. Those were mm-hmm. the first ones I think we bought, and that set was huge. That set was like 175 cards or something like that. So it was a beefy set, and uh, we almost got them all. Uh, we, I, I, I don't know how much money I made the poor man spend on cards. I'm so sorry, uh, but we, we, we <laughs> almost got them all and it was all boosters. We weren't like going around buying singles for those. Uh, but then we got into um, the Spider-Man Fleer ultra cards from, I believe 94. So I was a little oh, bit older. Yeah. Uh, I was old enough to remember like seeing the packs in the store and everything like that. And those he like dad loved Spider-Man more than any of the other characters. So he was really into those. He thought the art was beautiful. Like the cards were so sleek and some of them had the signatures on them, the gold foil signatures. And he was like all about trying to get all those. So that became like our mission every weekend when I would see him, he'd be like, all right, we'll, we'll go to another store. We'll, we'll see if like, I remember him calling, uh, we would be in his house and he would look in the phone book with me. Hey kids, you know what a phone book is? Look it up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, he'd be like, okay, here's a place. Comic Connection. And then he would call Comic Connection and he'd be like, hey, do you guys carry these Fleer Ultra Spider-Man trading cards? Because I think when we started collecting them, it was mm-hmm. a little bit after they were like, they weren't new. So not every retailer was carrying them. Yeah. So it wasn't like you could just walk into a store and, and know that they would be there. He had to do some digging first. So he would call these people and be like, okay, Andrew, Comic Connection has some boosters. Let's go. And then we would go and we would we would buy a bunch of boosters and then I remember one store, one guy actually had a binder full of singles, and dad was like, Oh, this is beautiful. We can just find the ones we're missing.
1: Oh, and, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I remember buying the Puma, the Spider Man villain, the Puma. I remember getting him from the singles binder. And uh, eventually, we just worked and worked until we got them all. And then I think the last one, the last card we needed was Misery, which was uh, they, they did these cards where it was like you take two villains and you splice them together. Uh, and this was Lizard with Mysterio, and it became Misery, and uh, that was the last card we needed. And Dad found it, and uh, he's like, "Andrew, look, I found Misery," and oh. it was like this big thing. It was oh, it was great. And we had this big green binder, and and uh, he, he got me this binder. We would put them all in there, and we would just sit there for hours looking at it. And I still have that binder. He uh, he took like one card that I had doubles of. And there was a little picture of Spider-Man on it and he cut the card in half just so like and kept just the part with Spider-Man on it and slid it onto the spine of the binder to be like. So like, oh, if you ever put this on a shelf, you'll know that's your binder with Spider-Man cards because there's this picture of him on it. So it was uh, those cards are like if my house catches fire, that's one of the things I have to take out with me is that binder because.
1: Oh, amazing.
0: That's where my memories begin. Mm hmm.
1: Oh, that's, yeah, that's awesome, awesome, man! That's I can see why you really love the the trading cards. I I definitely remember going to like various comic book stores. There were a lot, actually, back in the back in the day. Back in the day, there used to be so much more, you know. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. And um, yeah, I, I, man i I love the trading cards. I think the trading cards were the smartest thing. I mean, it's weird now when you look at. Tra- I think trading cards are a, a weird thing to have now because again it just didn't i don't think it translates well to today's world unless you're a real big collector um because like again like back in the day you could have like a binder full of the comic books the cards or you just have like that trading card binder because that was just the big thing yeah. and I, I don't know like it's buying it like i i have a trading card app on here it's cool i guess but Uh, I don't know. It's, it's just not the same. It's not the same, but like, for me, I just really love that one particular series where it's the Marvel. It's kind of like the early nineties Marvel stuff and uh, the, all the panels connect together. And I thought that was just, just awesome. Like if I could, if I could, if I could collect the rest and frame those, Oh, that would be, that would be fun. Like that would be awesome for me. Um, And then and then find a way to frame them where I can get access to them and look at them and then put them back. in. Yeah,
0: those might have the best art. I think that Skybox series, I think they have the best art of any series I've ever collected. Like it's so it looks like the MCU. It's vibrant and colorful. And uh, like it's it was just in that sweet spot in the 90s before Todd McFarlane tried to make everything gritty and ugly and it was like they still had the splashes of color left over from the silver age of comics oh yeah that's yeah that's why that looked great you're right though like what happened to trading cards like why did they like i get it's something you could kind of replace with technology but why such a dramatic
1: shift i don't know I, i don't know man and i i agree with you like again there's um there's an app that I have on on uh, on the iPhone here. On the iPhone here. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I'm talking like that. I think it's called Top Top Trading Cards or something. Tops, yeah. They did yeah, Star those ones. They're just not the same. Like it's not the yeah. same as having the trading card, like holding it in your hand. And I don't know if it's just where nostalgic people like that, but i think the only reason why you'd have cards today if you will is because like you'd have it with a board game or you just have like those magic cards where you battle it out uh or pokemon cards kind of thing but like just appreciating like why i appreciate the Marvel cards a lot is because each one would talk about a story or a biography of a character that you may not have even known existed but just looks cool and because it connects with that series um uh the 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 nine panel ones the i think they're called the series four um they're they're just so beautiful they're just like the right time and it's just so cool looking um but yeah i i don't know i don't know what happened to trading cards and why they just dipped is the way they did but uh oh that is an awesome memory man so and so what was I, in that story did you mention your first comic book then or just the, uh, the-
0: no not yeah no not my first comic that's um that would have still come from that era because every once in a while, my dad would spot a comic and be like, "Andrew, that comic's beautiful. Come on, let's get it." Mm-hmm. Uh, so one that I remember he bought that, like I still have to this day, is um, the I think it's the Adventures of Superman number five hundred, and it's um, right around the death of Superman. It's it was right in that era, uh, and this takes place. After Superman has already died. And this Mm -hmm. whole issue was just the people of Metropolis coping with the fact that Superman's gone. Mm -hmm. And the issue ends with the first appearances of the four like fake Supermen. So the cyborg one, the steel one, the superboy clone, and then the eradicator Superman. It ends with those four uh, like debuting. And um, like Lois Lane is in it. Like Lex, right. Lex and Supergirl, Jonathan and Martha Kent. It was just like a, a Superman smorgasbord. And I really got into that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think there was that. And then the only other one that I remember from back then that I was like, ooh, this is a nice comic, was uh, an older Spider-Man one. And by older, I mean from that era. Um, and it wasn't even anything remarkable. It was just I, I got to see Spider-Man having the adventures that I only ever read about in the cards. So it was kind of neat. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even remember who he was fighting. Uh, it, I think he was, it was just like, it had like a holographic cover because it was like a, an anniversary issue of some kind.
1: Oh, that's so cool.
0: Yeah. And it, uh, and it turns out that I didn't find this out till years later, but every Spider-Man book that month did the same thing with their cover. Cause there was like mm-hmm. four at the time. There was like amazing web of spider-man regular spider-man and something else uh and that one was amazing i think and then i found out about the other three and over the years i found those other three holographic ones and collected them but uh yeah it was cool i think he just fought gangsters in it there was just like a bunch of people on the street with like guns but like laser guns like heavy duty guns and he's like i'm gonna stop you because i'm spider-man uh, probably a bit more eloquently than that. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's those are the two that I remember being like the the one the gems from back then that got me into it.
1: Yeah, and, you know it's funny both of our both of our comics are Spider Man comics, but that was I mean Spider Man just dominated. Like he he was a great character to have.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, he had four books back then. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was nuts. Yeah. yeah,
1: and so i that's awesome man it's it's awesome that i mean for me i for me my brother and i would would look at the comics we'd get like i would get one comic he'd get another and then as we're each looking at our comics we would look at like i'd look at pages from his and be like oh that looks like a great comic like my brother used to collect a lot of uh wolverine and angel comics um And they were like learning from like a ninja master and everything. It looked, it looks so cool. Uh, But yeah, every time I see him like looking at his comic, I'd be like, Oh man, I need to read that. And and so we would, uh, we would jump all over that. And there's this Um,
0: magic to the old comics from our childhood too, because they were printed on this newsprint paper, which has a very particular musty smell to it. Uh, So when we would walk into comic book stores, Uh, And you kids who don't have trading cards anymore, this is something you're missing out on. Uh, Mm. You walk into the store, you smell that, you smell the pages on comics, Um, and that's what makes me sad about the fact that trading cards aren't a thing anymore. Is kids won't be able to have stories like the ones we just told about walking to these stores and buying these. Like it, it, it really, it's really a bummer to think about. But yeah, the the comics would have that newsprint paper, and what I love is. they would have those old ads. Uh, and usually the ads were for, I noticed the pattern. The ads are usually for two things, baseball cards and mm-hmm. Nintendo games. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's oh, always sure. fun seeing like, uh, like one comic I have where the back page is an ad for the Terminator 2 game on the NES or, or the super NES or something. And it's like, you can be honored and you can you can stop the T one thousand and there's like the clips from the game and every clip has a little subtitle and one of the subtitles said Hasta la vista, baby" and I'm just like this is they don't make ads like this anymore either.
1: Yeah, no, it's true. It's oh man, the ads back then. Oh man, it was just like ADD <laughs> in thirty seconds. It was great, uh, like nerf nerf for nothing or whatever. For uh, nothing it's or nothing. Uh but like even like Marvel toys were just so awesome. I actually used to have a lot of Marvel toys too. I had Carnage. Uh oh. which was one of my favorites. I had the armored Spider-Man from the cartoon. Uh I had uh Alistair Smythe.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah. Is I remember really... his uh his wheelchair.
1: No, it's when they they turned him into a, a cyborg.
0: Oh, that's right, and he had like the the two penises coming out of his shoulders. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> you No, know, I had a I had a lot of those ones because um, those those were really cool. Actually, the the design and feel of the '90s Spider Man was perfect. It was just like the right tone for the that kind of radical kid kind of thing.
0: Oh yeah, I actually I'm glad you brought that up because that's that's the next question I have for you about Marvel memories is cartoons and toys because the the 90s, these characters may have come from comics and the cards did play a big part, but the 90s and the 80s were about two things, cartoons and toys and the synergy um, of the twain together. So the, tell me about your experience with those box cartoons and with the toys that came with them. Okay. So
1: I'm going to put it down to you this way. First of all, Saturday mornings, uh, (laughs) <laughs> you no, know, I've said it before. Cartoon primetime.
0: I've said it before, and I've uh, many times, and I will say it again many times for the rest of our lives. I wish I had known you as kids, man. <laughs> I wish we had been kids together. <laughs> uh, we're, hey,
1: man. It, at the same time, we're living it now, just the way we're celebrating it, right? Yeah. Now. So <laughs> I I will say what's been funny about the cartoons is that uh, I remember so I remember so vividly the X-Men cartoon. Like I, I remember watching that with my brother because it was just such a good cartoon. I don't think, and even watching it today, it's amazing to see how in depth the stories were and how real the stories were. Like yeah. back, back then I'm like, I'm watching just this really cool looking cartoon that had some, had some stories. I I understood, but didn't appreciate Um, like for me, like one of my, one of my favorites as a kid and still my favorite now, but it didn't really offer crazy substance, but it was fun to watch. Uh, but it was uh, days of future past when Cable interferes with bishops or Bishop interferes with Cable's timeline. Cable goes back to interfere with Bishop interfering with the timeline. (laughs) And it's like a great, it's just a fun episode. Like I love how Cable, Cable takes on Wolverine. And he's like, uh, I can almost quote it too. And he's just like uh, he's like, Oh, you wanna fight me, but you you know, just to let you know you're gonna lose and he's like, Whatever, right? <laughs> and he's like he's like nice moves for for uh, for someone who's old fashioned. He's like old fashioned and they're like all making fun of each other. It's great. <laughs> so Cable ends up grabbing him, and he and I love how he's like he talks to his computer. He's like body slide to HQ, and I love the term body slide. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the, I don't know who came up with that as a term for teleporting. Coolest terminology ever. So, anyways, like body slide to HQ, he teleports there, and he's like, "Don't you people believe in cars?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I love agree that. With that. Yeah. So I I love that episode, but as I grew up. Uh funny and and funny enough I think around the time you and I were in college trying to find those cartoons at that time was quite difficult. Oh man, was it ever? It was severely difficult. We had a we had a guy in our class um uh and uh he actually first I don't know how he got his hands on it. But he had his he had his hands on some uh, copies of the cartoon. <laughs> I'm gonna keep his identity a secret in case so the FBI knows. doesn't arrest him. <laughs> yeah, he
0: he was like our our drug dealer for cartoons. Yeah. <laughs> we'd, exactly. We'd be like, "Hey man, I I, I really just need some biker mice from Mars right now. Can can you help me out?" And he's like, "I got you.
1: I got first you, man.
0: First then episode's then I- free. You want more? You gotta pay."
1: Oh, <laughs> well, that's the thing, right? Like, I I remember he I'm like at the time the spider-man cartoon was impossible like just stupid hard to get and uh and he's like don't worry man i got you and next day he had like a whole case of cds for me and i was like oh my god and it was good quality too anyway that's neither here nor there point is uh so in answer to your question uh just some fond memories of the cartoons i have uh so so the x-men cartoon um grew up loving it like it was just such a cool cartoon and and as we grew up it was very hard to watch but then i remember my brother and i were uh where my brother was uh my brother was in college and i think i was just starting in college i can't remember Uh, but, uh, X-Men was being aired on TV for whatever reason. And we just got stoked. We're like, Oh my God. I think it was the night of the Sentinels was the, it was the first, it was like the first three. The yeah. Yeah. It was the first like three episodes. Um, and my brother and I were just like, Oh my God, this is the best show ever. And it was just like immediately time traveling back to when we were kids, just watching the show, like just like these dudes in college and just losing our minds over this like cartoon. And, <laughs> And why I'm telling the story and specifically the memory of why I'm telling it is because um is because we went or sorry, when the show was on, they were playing the intro and then of course classic, they'll just like jump to commercials. So my brother's like, oh man, they're gonna play some like back to back episodes of X-Men. And he's like, yo, grab some popcorn. So I'm like, all right. I run usually I get my brother to make the popcorn, but this time he got me to do it. So I ran upstairs and I hit 225 and then ran downstairs, sat back, like leaped onto the couch, and we were like, boom, X Men, let's go. Got through the first episode, and we're like, man, what happened to that popcorn? And then there's that moment of like, oh no. And we ran upstairs and there's black smoke everywhere. Oh like, no. Yeah, just black smoke everywhere. We're like, oh my God. And we go into the microwave, and there's like, the microwave was blurry. But that microwave, I remember all of us love that microwave, uh, especially you too, because we realized how polite that microwave was because it always said, enjoy your meal after you finish. (laughs) Yeah, right? right. (laughs) And so we saw an orange glow because the the window is kind of blurred. You can't quite see into it. And we're like, oh, that's weird. We open it and the popcorn bag's on fire, like just like legit fire. And we're like, oh my God. And like, I grabbed the kitchen sink that you can like pull it off and it becomes a hose Uh and i realized my brother is just decides to like grab it and i think our his goal was to put it into the sink but like he ends up grabbing it and then just drops it drops it on the floor i'm just like oh my god i grab the kitchen sink hose but it's so short that it pulls me and i just go flying (laughs) so we're trying to put out this small fire like literally it's nothing and we end up putting it out and the whole house the whole upper floor smelled like burnt butter and and popcorn. And it was disgusting. It was a nasty smell. So we opened up all the doors and windows and because it was a hot summer day and let just like used hair dryers and like blew all this black smoke out. It was
0: so wait, was there was there metal in there? Like how did this fire start?
1: It it started because I I left it on I left it on high by the way. And I instead of hitting 225, I hit 22.25. So oh, the popcorn, popcorn, not only popped, it just sat there and burned <laughs> to a point where it set a fire.
0: Your mutant power is burning food.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I I just remember that that day specifically that we were like, oh my god, X Men, like, and we were we just gushed over how awesome that cartoon was, and then. My other fond memory is uh is watching Spider-Man for the first time, the cartoon, the nineties one, because it was just awesome. Uh mm. and that intro with the guitar solo is just wicked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um and and just the I, I love that series because I think for me it was the right amount of storytelling but entertainment. X-Men was like premium quality, but for me, I liked some of the just the mindless adventure Spider-Man had, but just delivered just fun storytelling nonetheless um and uh yeah uh i will say um it was it's a fond memory but uh probably one of the more recent ones was i discovered um i discovered uh avengers earth's mightiest heroes because i was still i was still in early parts of college when my brother's like more invested later on into his career and stuff Mm -hmm. so i remember watching it and he came home and uh and he came home, and I'm like, and he was like, "Hey, man, what you watching?" I'm like, "Oh, man, this is Avengers." And he's like, "Oh, the animation looks kind of, kind of weird, you know, like kind of childish kind of thing." But I mean, hey, it looks cool, I guess. And I'm like, I don't know, man. I think you should watch this. And we ended up watching the whole series like back to back episodes, oh. in, in like a couple nights because, again, yes, the animation's a bit different, I will say, but like it's not as edgy or as cool as like the X Men or Spider Man cartoon. But um, but the story, is, the storytelling they do is is that of like MCU quality. So it's incredibly good.
0: Yeah, animation is. It took this weird turn in the early 2000s because prior to that, 80s, 90s animation was all about making humans look like humans. Yeah, uh, I mean, in X Men and Spider Man, even in like Ninja Turtles, He Man, the humans kind of had human proportions they uh, they were proportionized exactly how a human being would and then there was this shift where cartoonists were just like okay let's take advantage of the fact that we don't have to be that way and I guess it made their job easier I don't know I'm sure there's a logistic reason why that change happened but like
1: oh it, I can tell you I can oh, tell you okay, exactly beautiful well.
0: why I know, I know. I, I, are, you, are you done <laughs> Pre- pretty much like I was just gonna say like if you look if you look at, you know, Spider-Man 90s Fox animation versus the spectacular Spider-Man cartoon, mm-hmm. uh, the same kind of thing happened. Uh, I remember watching that because uh, you you uh, told me to get into it and I did and I loved it. And I showed it to my friend Robin and he's looking at the first episode and he's like, I don't know, man, this looks like Caillou. I don't like this animation. And I'm like, just stick with it. And thankfully he did. Um, and even like going from the og ninja turtles cartoon to the one they started in 2003 very different less human but mm-hmm. it's it's become the vogue now and nowadays cartoons uh, never look like they used to anymore
1: okay yeah, so, so it, and i completely agree i don't know what happened and i and, and a lot of people a lot of the younger people today when they talk to talk about cartoons because I've I've met like I've met a lot of co-op students now at work and stuff like that, and and you know they'll talk about cartoons they've watched and what have you. Um, and what blows my mind is that yeah, there's a weird transition from two thousand like nineteen nineties to two thousand, and I find the characters are more animated in terms of expressive, like their face is bigger, so mm-hmm. they're more expressive. So when they're angry, they're like twice as angry because they're just ah. But it's because, in my opinion, it's because of what Dragon Ball did to the cartoon industry. Really?
0: Dragon Ball's to blame, huh?
1: Dragon Ball and Pokemon. Yep. Dr- those wow. two are the biggest that's ones that's to blame. Crazy. And I'll tell you why. Because Guys. anime is so expressive. They are incredibly expressive characters. Mm-hmm. So when in Dragon Ball, like you see Goku like screaming. His eyes are huge. And his mouth is wide open. And he's just like, ha! Ah, like, just like you, you feel every emotion they throw at you in that cartoon. And it's just, it's so stunning to watch. And in Pokemon, it's the same thing. Ash is a very expressive character. And I think that kind of influenced a lot of American animation because, and I agree with you, like in the 1990s, and I love how you described it, it is very human. These are very human looking characters. In fact, X-Men, the characters are gorgeous. Like they are beautifully designed. I had a big um,
0: crush on Rogue because she looked uh, very human, if you know what I mean.
1: <laughs> Rogue and Storm were, were gorgeous characters. And um, uh, yeah, it was just a beautiful, beautiful characters um yeah so i i honestly believe and and the other big thing was they wanted to market it more to kids and that was that always i find is the biggest marketing flaw is like oh we need to make it for kids and the second they have that ideology in their mind for some reason the cartoons just i don't even know i don't even know how to describe it they're just like they decide to like sacrifice this 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 theme they're going for because they want to make it more appealing to younger audiences, because if you can catch them and you get, if you get catch that younger audience, then your, your product's going to take off. Right. Yeah. And, and that's the same with Dragon Ball. Kids love Dragon Ball. And that just took off in popularity and then what, next thing you know, we're getting anime up the yin Yang because everyone (laughs) everyone wants, everyone wants the next Dragon Ball.
0: I know, yeah. That that's a really good point, man. And like, Pokemon was so huge with my generation too that I can totally see. And you're right. If I think back, that's when the shift started happening around then. So and,
1: and also yeah. censorship became a big thing, right? So censorship. What happened with censorship was like, it, like, all right, if you're going to go for youth, or like, I think of youth, which is like seven to like twelve or whatever. Then your cartoon is is going to get censored pretty hard, um, and so see rogues breasts all the time on that cartoon. <laughs> so what would happen is again the characters characters and stories would take a dive because they had to market it to kids. Yeah, and 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 X Men didn't have that because it was too early for censorship to really take a a, a more important role, and and it, the same goes for Batman. Like those kind of cartoons, I doubt we'll ever get again.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. There nowadays everything is is on an extreme. Right? There's really kitty shows, mm-hmm. and then there's uh, really not kiddie shows, and none of them live in the gray area that X Men and Batman, especially lived in and, and i think i think we suffer from that even though there's great stuff coming out today we
1: suffer from that in a way well, yes and no now what i'm seeing now what i'm seeing if it's done right is that because of subscription programs like netflix and disney plus and hbo and all that there are cartoons now that can just do whatever they want mm-hmm. and and they'll they'll design their cartoon to be whatever they want it to be which is great um dc because they had their own subscription service they did that and we did get a a cartoon like batman um for the more modern time and i absolutely loved it which was young justice um and it was it was very much similar to that and marvel because it's with disney now i i haven't seen like the new guardian show or the new avengers assemble show but i don't know i don't I, i just don't i don't personally think we're we we're we're better we're better now yes but i still don't think we're gonna get that that kind of sequence of events that will lead up to the same cartoon like uh like x-men or spider-man we were close with avengers or mighty's heroes but not close enough
0: yeah it it really was a lightning in a bottle kind Mm -hmm. of situation
1: Mm -hmm. um So, so so going back to the question Cartoon-wise, yes, uh, the biggest memory was X-Men with my brother because there's no other cartoon was like it. Yeah. Uh, it was amazing to watch. And and as I grew up, I watched it again and again, and it's, it, it gets better every time with the, the storytelling that's in those kind of shows. One of my favorite episodes is called Weapon X, Lies in Videotapes. Uh, and Videotapes. Uh, and it's about Wolverine, where he's a part of that Weapon X program, but they talk about how... It, they program their memories and he ends up having an incredibly deep story about, about Silver Fox because he, they, they programmed their love, or at least he, he thought they did. And then he realized that, that they used that memory to program that, that their love was a thing. And then he realized it was real because they did carve their initials into a tree and the tree in the set they had, didn't have the initials. So they don't know if that memory is real or not. And, and Wolverine ends up telling Hank in the end, like he went in looking for answers and he didn't get any. He got nothing. He got more questions. And so he's, he's now realizing his life is a lie. And how do you walk away from that? Like, And it's an incredible story. And then he and he talks to Silverfox after trying to be like, "Oh, yo, we happened. We were a thing." And she's like, "I don't know," and leaves him. Hmm. Like that's heartbreaking. And that's a show for kids.
0: I remember watching that episode, and like, I was too young to really get what they were trying to say, but I just remember it ending and being like, "Wow, that was sad." Like that that much sank in with me. It's
1: an incredibly sad show. Like there, there's a handful of episodes I can recall and they're all tragic. There's one where beast helps cure a woman of blindness and he ends up falling in love with her. And, and her dad is, uh, hates mutants and is a supporter of the friends of humanity. Boo. What a jerk. (laughs) Right. And, and he realizes this and he kicks Hank out. He's like, no, you can't work on this procedure. And he's like, I designed it, like I designed the procedure that's going to save your daughter, and and uh, and so she ends up falling in love with him. Doesn't care what he looks like in the whole nine yards, and the whole episode is about is about you know the like love is more than just looks kind of thing, and she ends up getting her sight, which is crazy, and still loves Hank, but he realizes he can't be with her because because of the racism that exists between mutants and humans oh boy poor hank and that's a show for kids (laughs) that's crazy yeah they uh,
0: x-men is something that i've i've revisited as an adult but not all the way through i think i only got like a season and a half through but i really need to park my ass and revisit it and just understand it and appreciate it the way it was meant to be appreciated but as a child the spider-man cartoon was my world man oh, it yeah. was yeah. my whole world I was obsessed with it I would it was the the first show ever in my life where I was like keeping track of when the next episode was on like I, I don't know if they did those daily or weekly I think they did it when I watched it on Fox kids it was daily I think was. I... Cause I don't remember waiting a whole week to find out if like Morbius got away or something like that. I, I feel like it was daily. I think it was twice a week, twice a week. Okay. That yeah. makes sense too.
1: I think it was twice a week because I, I cause they recycled a lot of backgrounds for that show. Yeah. Uh, and some animations. So I remember, I remember they had a tight schedule for sure. Um, X-Men was definitely once, once a week, I think it was. And then with but the popularity it had, catalyzed it into uh to kind of producing episodes a bit more but i think it was twice a week
0: okay and i mean granted i don't even know if i watched it like live you know i could have just been watching reruns every time i saw it uh but that was for some reason that and the tick i was obsessed with the tick but tick was one of those shows that was on late at night so if i caught it it was like a big deal like oh my god the tick uh but the spider-man show just the way it looked the the colors were so vibrant uh it drew me in it introduced me to my favorite comic book character to this day the kingpin uh it introduced me to the hobgoblin who i love and like he on that show was like this beautiful looking character with that big red cape uh and of course like it got me it made me get to know Spider-Man as, you know, he's not just a picture on a trading card anymore. He's this guy yeah. who talks and he's like, Hey, what's up, Andrew? Uh, I took a lot of acid as a kid. So he would always talk directly to me, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah. getting that, like that story of him. And what was cool was in the first Like season or whatever. Like the 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 early episodes were very basic. Like I'm going to fight Scorpion this week, or I'm going to fight Doctor Octopus. And then as the show got uh, deeper and deeper into its, I think it was three seasons, or I can't remember how many seasons it had. But as it got deeper in, then you got really complicated stuff. And like to the point where they're doing like a a thing on Secret Wars. Uh, like they did the Venom saga, which was like a big three-part thing. Then eventually they brought Carnage in. Oh, yeah. It it became more and more complex, like the MCU itself. You know, it started with these basic standalone things and then it turned into something bigger. Uh, And with the the toys in particular, that was a big deal for me. That was uh, almost too big of a deal. Uh, I was... Uh, Like I could, I literally, Ryan, there were points in my childhood where I could not stop thinking about those toys. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, And, and with my mom, you know, she was a single mom. uh, So we didn't have much money and she couldn't buy me all these toys. Uh, You know, I had a few, but uh, every toy, the back has that picture. That's like the bane of parents everywhere where it's like, look at all the toys in the series, collect them all. (laughs) And I would uh, keep that piece of cardboard even after I opened the toy and I would just stare at it for hours and I would stare at all the ones that I wanted to get. Cause I had, let's see, I had, um, I had Spider-Man with the, he came with like a parachute or something, uh, web parachute, Spider-Man. Uh, so I was like, okay, cool. I have a Spider-Man. There was like five different versions of him. Uh, mm-hmm. I had Kingpin cause I, there was no way I wasn't going to have Kingpin. Yeah. I had Craven the Hunter.
1: Oh, that's a cool one.
0: Yeah. He came with his little spear and everything. And then I got for Christmas one year, I got like one of those weird ones that they made afterwards that weren't part of the show, but they were part of the same action figure line as the show. So the packaging still looked like it. Mm
1: -hmm. And it
0: was spider goblin. It was a big toy. It was bigger than normal. And it was, if green goblin and spider-man i guess like swooshed together and had some kind of lab accident uh and he had like big claws and his tongue was sticking out and he he uses creepy looking monster and those were the only ones i had but i would stare at this cardboard thing and be like oh i want hobgoblin because he's like my next favorite after kingpin and uh, (laughs) i I want venom and carnage because they're cool and i want the spider slayers and i want this and that um but i knew like there's no way i'm going to be able to get all these toys. That's just too much money. So one day when I came to grips with that, I, I want to say I'm maybe seven years old at this point. I came to grips with that. I'm like, okay, I have Spider-Man Kingpin and Craven. I'm not getting any other toys from this show. So I grabbed a bunch of paper, like stacks of, of blank printer paper and pencil crayons. Mm-hmm. And what I did was I took my Spider-Man toy because I don't know how I was able to understand this back then, but I was like, okay, Spider-Man is like, he's not in, like unusually tall or unusually short. He's like medium-sized. He's just a normal sized man. Yeah. So I, I took the Spider-Man toy and I put him on a piece of paper and I traced his outline, like, like a dead body. I traced him with the the pencil crayon. Uh, and so I knew I was like, okay, this is the size of Spider-Man. And going off that, what I did was I drew every other character from the show and colored them in
1: and then i cut
0: them out and they were thanks to my measurement they were all the same size as the other toys and Mm -hmm. i'm like now i have every character uh and i i played out all my fantasies that i wanted to play out my own storylines with every character i even added characters i made a, a spider woman uh, and she was um, like, I didn't know spider woman was actually a thing at the time, but I made yeah. her, she looked like Spider-Man, but instead of red and blue, she had green and yellow. And like, I made uh, all the, the spider slayers. I made venom. I made like a, a big rhino who like took up almost a whole sheet of paper. Cause he was so much bigger. Uh, I, I just, I had such a fun time making, I still remember like the, the feeling of cutting those out. And then mm-hmm. playing with them afterward, and being like, "Yeah, it's like I have the whole cast now, and I got to to make my own Spider-Man show out of that."
1: Oh, oh that's, that's adorable! Oh, so, cool. <laughs> uh, so adorable, dude. That's uh, all the feels, all the feels.
0: Uh, I I miss those toys so much, and even when I go to like uh, fan expos and stuff, and I see vendors, they'll they'll sell. The Spider-Man toys from that show, and even the X-Men toys from the cartoon, mm-hmm. even the packaging on those toys is so vibrant it just catches the eye.
1: Yeah, I, I always get I nowadays I, I get really incredibly hyped when I see those statues, and I know they're expensive as hell, like they are. Like $400, $500 a pop, but I love those statues so much. If I could riddle my apartment with them, I totally would. Ooh. But they are they are expensive. Actually, one of my fond collectibles that uh, Isabella gave me, say, like two years into our relationship, I think, she got me a Spider-Man statue, and it has the Sinister Six weapons all all littered across... There. Oh, cool! Yeah, yeah it has craven spear it has uh green goblins uh bomb it has smoke from uh mysterio it has uh doc ox tentacle and um uh, something else but it's a really cool statue it's it's definitely one i would have bought uh like if i had like the infinite amount of money to just spend recklessly mm-hmm. uh, but yeah i mean ugh, the statues but i agree with you man those toys but just seeing the light up i I love the Spider-Man cartoon as well. I mean, you you got exposed through that cartoon to like every character, like Daredevil, Blade, yeah. Blade, even which is like such a random random hero to have. But Spider-Man did interact with a lot of different heroes. But you got the Fantastic Four, you got Cap, you got Iron Man, you got X-Men. You had um, oh my god, you had uh, oh god, it's all it's all sitting there. Doctor Strange, you had. Mm. So many characters in that show. And it was just a joy, just an absolute joy to watch. I mean, the only villain that was missing from that 90s cartoon was Sandman. That's the only one. Yeah, that's true. He wasn't in it. Everyone else was. Sandman wasn't.
0: And even the spectacular Spider-Man, which ended after two seasons, which was criminal, um, it didn't get around to showing kingpin or hobgoblin but those were the plans for season three they were going to throw them in
1: but oh i know Um, avengers that i think marvel unlike dc marvel always struggled to have a theme that fit their animation yeah and and that's been their biggest crutch and they got it with avengers earth's mightiest heroes um they had like they finally kind of got the right tone with like like the right animation and season three they were going to do civil war and they had like a whole story and everything that was going to work so well with the tone the cartoon was delivering, and they they just didn't land it. Um, so yeah, so uh, really really crappy, really crappy. But um, uh, yeah, even that spectacular Spider-Man cartoon, they ended with like this beautiful mesh between Green Goblin. They ended. Uh, they ended with this Green Goblin Shakespeare episode where shakespeare's monologues fit in with the events that was going on with spider-man which is incredible interpretation Yeah, and yeah just uh it is oh man they canceled it and it sucks but i'm hoping with disney plus they'll they'll finally find some rhythm and 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 keep some certain shows going or like bring back certain shows because that would be really cool
0: uh here's hope and i mean and if i'm if I'm ever a, a multimillionaire one day, uh, I'm not the kind of guy who would buy sports cars and splurge on things like that. I would just buy normal things. I would just buy a lot more of them if I was rich. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's one of the things where I think I would I would get a little crazy with is I would look for all of those Spider-Man toys and all of those X-Men toys from the cartoons, and I would I would buy those because they oh. are they're beautiful. I, I picked up a a Green Goblin a few years ago at a fan expo and i'm just like these were so nice they're just so nice looking toys and <laughs> i just want them all uh but let's let's transition to the final um little chapter of our memories here uh it's kind of a toy but better depending on who you ask let's talk about video games
1: oh yeah mm-hmm. oh, oh man, man. well uh, renting games is a big thing back in our day <laughs>
0: What's what's a rent? I've never heard this word before. Did you did you have to go to like some kind of weird store? Yeah. To, oh my God. Explain.
1: We had to go to, uh, for us, we had two rental stores we'd go to, Blockbuster and Rogers Video. Yes, when Rogers did, wasn't doing cell phones, they were renting movies at one point. Um, I think we ended up going to Blockbuster more. Yeah. We, in the long run but in the short run we did go to uh did go to roger's video quite a bit and i remember the shelves of of all the super nintendo games just the the long aisles of of games after games and it was awesome (laughs) but uh okay so let's talk about video games um i would say the most fond memory i have Uh, is uh, my brother loved fighting games. That was his, my brother, sorry, I keep saying in past tense. My brother loves fighting games and uh, he was a big fan of the X-Men fighting games and X-Men had a lot of really good fighting games, like a lot of them. Um, For me, I loved more of the side-scrolling beat-em-ups. So for me, Maximum Carnage, Uh, I remember renting it and I played it to an unhealthy point because I couldn't beat it. I just couldn't beat it, and I was I was at the last level, and I threw in I got all like the superhero assists, and I was throwing just throwing bodies at Carnage, and I just couldn't beat them. and I was so mad, and I didn't want to rent it. Like I love that game, but I just couldn't rent it because I was so mad uh, after not being able to finish it. Um, but I love that game. Uh, my brother, though, my my most fond memory of uh, Marvel games was uh, with my brother when we played. Uh, uh marvel versus capcom
0: oh yeah
1: those games were just like perfect it was just just watching or i think the first one was marvel superheroes and we loved playing that one because the infinity gems were in it and uh every time you'd activate a gem the screen would flash like the lights of the of the gem across the screen Mm -hmm. and and all you hear is the announcer and you'd be like infinity and like and and then you could do like all these cool things depending on the stone you got if you had the soul stone it would heal your character if you had the reality stone uh you would have like a stagger effect so if you punched it would punch six times because you'd see like your shadow hit the person so you could like rack up combos pretty crazy oh neat yeah we loved we loved the marvel uh the marvel superheroes fighting games so that was a big one and i i remember playing with my friends too uh uh, a lot in high school we we loved playing those games um so we played a lot of marvel superheroes and uh it was a lot of fun and uh and also i'd but i'd say my two most like favorite marvel games growing up was x-men mutant apocalypse where you had to pick between five different mutants which was psylocke cyclops wolverine gambit and beast and uh, the music was oh god, so good, <laughs> so good. Um, and it was it was super fun. And then and then late as as we went down the road, I'd say the best game I discovered, uh, roughly around the time I knew you guys was um, was uh, uh, give me a second to tip my tongue. <sighs> the, uh, Ultimate Alliance, Marvel Oh Ultimate yeah, Alliance. that's right. Yeah, that came out around that time. Yeah, I love that game. Oh God, it's so good! That was but, a
0: very, very good game.
1: But Marvel had some up and downs between those Super Nintendo games and then to that Marvel game because they had some PlayStation games like Spider-Man. They did one that was kind of based on the animated series that was really good. Um, uh, and then they had, um, then they just had some weird, weird games. Uh, that didn't quite connect, and just again, Marvel has always kind of suffered from tone versus what it, what they were like, what it looks like. Like the tone didn't fit the visuals, and and just didn't quite connect. Uh, but those were my favorite games off the top of my head. Is like the ones with the most fond memories. And I just I just remember Mutant Apocalypse, that guitar solo. Oh God, just <laughs> so good. But Cap, but Capcom was dishing out probably some of the best Marvel games I've ever seen. Was that Genesis Mutant Apocalypse? No, uh, Mutant Apocalypse was the Super Nintendo one. The Genesis one, I didn't have a Genesis, but I wish it did because that that X-Men game was incredible. It was so good. When you first turned it on, you would just jump into the first mission and you never pick the character. It would randomly generate a character for you. Yeah,
0: yeah, that was, uh, I didn't have that one, but that was a game changer. I remember a lot of people, that was like a playground thing, you know, like, oh my God, there's a Genesis game. And when you turn it on, it doesn't turn on. It just starts.
1: <laughs> yeah. But like, and again, like depending on the character you got, you got, sometimes you got a bad role and sometimes you got a good one. Like if you got Nightcrawler, apparently it was like, that was like one of the best characters you can get. Oh, cool. Well, he was one of the
0: best ones in the first X-Men game that I played. Um, oh yeah. That was, uh, I think that, that one was just called X-Men on the Genesis. Um, and you could be Nightcrawler, Wolverine, Cyclops, or Gambit. And it was very mm. keyed into the animated series. I'm pretty sure it was just like based on the animated series. Uh, and every level was a danger zone, danger zone, <laughs> a danger room simulation. Uh, and then you, you take the highway to the danger zone and Tom Cruise is there flying a jet. And you have to- yeah. Um, yeah. It's all a danger rooms, a simulation, but Magneto did something to it, so when you go in the danger room, it could kill you, kind of thing. That was the plot of the game.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. I don't know that one. I haven't, I don't think I played that one. Um, I, but talking, but you talking about that, it did remind me of a Wolverine game because before Ultimate Alliance or around Ultimate Alliance, uh, just before it, um, they were doing a lot of movie based games, like a lot of movie based games um and unfortunately one was advertised as a movie based game but it wasn't it was oh. like a solid solid game and it was like a comic book feeling story driven uh fun game that was gorgeous to play it was like fun to play it was a beat em up it was a third person adventure beat em up um and it was Wolverine's origins X2 oh, oh.
0: Yeah, I I know what you're talking about. Wolverine's Revenge on uh, Xbox. Yes,
1: yes, yes, incredible game, and and it was around. I think it was around like end of and near end of high school for me. Uh, But they came out with three different games, and one of them was that one, Wolverine's X2, Wolverine's Revenge. Mm -hmm. Great game, so so filled with comic book references, so fun. Uh, Then there was uh, the Incredible Hulk Ultimates Destruction, which was GTA and the Hulk, and super fun there. And they did one with the Punisher and that one. And all those ones were supposed to be based on the movies. They were advertised as such, but the games were so comic book edged. It was just a, a joy to play. And I loved playing them. My brother and I would spend hours playing them.
0: And I mean, it's crazy because if if you know anything about games, you know the last thing you want to do is advertise that it's a movie-based game.
1: I know. Oh, my and God. yeah
0: always caca. So it's, it's really... I mean it would the be the best interest of any game company is to be like nah, we just made a game that's original. Um like I remember being in I walked into an EB Games around the time the Green Lantern movie came out and there was like a big standee for like the Green Lantern movie game and I remember looking at the guy behind the counter I'm like I'm so sorry they made you assemble this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Actually uh, it's funny you say that too because I remember going to uh eb games and i went into the store and x-men destiny came out and that was like a, a 360 game or something like that and uh and i went up to the guy i'm like hey man is x-men destiny ever any good and he's like don't don't waste your time don't uh, don't do it it's the worst game it has it's like it's you'll hate marvel after it so don't don't play it and i'm like oh Okay, (laughs) and I'm like, what should I play? And he's like, get this game. I can't remember what game it was, but it was it was actually an incredibly good game. But it was just so funny because that day I had my heart set on going to the going to the mall, taking the bus. And that was a commitment. Like if I was going to the mall, I wasn't coming back empty handed because it was a it was a trek to get there. (laughs) And uh, yeah, just man. But anyway, let me so I'll summarize it this way. The top games I remember growing up with Marvel And I mean, yes, Marvel's Avengers, it has a lot of controversy right now. I love it. I think it's a great game. Do I think the art's there? No, I think it still suffers from the tone they were going for versus versus the art they were going for were very, very (laughs) different. Um, And uh, I will say that X-Men Mutant Apocalypse, Maximum Carnage, uh, and then... In the early 2000s, Wolverine's Revenge, Hulk's Ultimate Destruction. I never got to play the Punisher. Sure. I just didn't have enough money working part-time jobs and what have you. Um, and, uh, and then later on, uh, uh, Marvel's Ultimate Alliance was like... Uh, X-Men Legends was good. Ultimate Alliance was way better.
0: Oh, yeah. Ultimate Alliance is like... X-Men Legends paved the way, and it, it was rough, but it was fun. And so, Ultimate Alliance just kind of smoothed out all the rough edges and just gave you more of the good stuff. Gave
1: you every Marvel comic book character you wanted to play uh, ever in one wonderful,
0: game. Wonderful. What yeah. a wonderful game. So, you
1: okay? So, you were talking about this. This, I think it was a Genesis game. I'm pretty sure the one you were talking about is a Genesis.
0: Yes. Yeah. Cause I was. I didn't have an, uh, a Super Nintendo growing up. I, I had a Sega Genesis. And that wasn't like, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I wasn't one of those kids who was like, Nintendo sucks. I'm a Sega kid. Like I, I had an NES. That was my first console. Like I love Nintendo, but like I was just, I saw these two machines coming out, these two consoles. And I was like, I guess that one with the blue guy looks kind of neat. And um, I don't even think I asked for one, but my dad bought me the Genesis for a birthday. So that became my, my system. Like, there was, there was no way I was going to have both. Like, that was that's too much money. Um, so I just became a Genesis kid, and I was like, cool. Uh, so I played this X-Men game. Yeah, and it's just called X-Men. There's no subtitle, nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, play as Gambit, Cyclops, Wolverine, and Nightcrawler. Um, but the thing about that game was, and it's very hard. I don't think I've ever beaten it to this day. Uh, every level, there's like six or seven levels, but every level kind of has, like, a thing where if you don't pick character X, you're not going to beat that level. Uh, <laughs> it's it kind of a shame because you want to be able to just run through the level and be whoever you want. Yeah, but like I distinctly remember level one: if you don't play as Nightcrawler, you're you're not getting through level one. Um, and then level two is the uh, the Shi'ar. You're on a bunch of Shi'ar ships, and mm-hmm. everybody's shooting lasers at you. And I was like, okay, well, Wolverine can't shoot anything. He's just, he fights close up. So if you play as Wolverine level two, you're going to get destroyed. Um, Nightcrawler can't shoot anything either. He can teleport, but that doesn't really help you. Gambit can throw his cards, but they made Gambit taller than everybody else. So even when he ducks, the bad guys will still hit you if they shoot. Oh... So in that level, Cyclops is literally your only choice if you want to get out of that level in one piece. And like every level was like that. And I remember being kind of disappointed because I like the variety. You know, I like to spice it up. And like even level three is back to like Nightcrawler. Like if you want to win, you gotta be Nightcrawler. So Gambit and Wolverine, I don't think I ever even end up using them unless you die. Because if you die, then you have to pick somebody else. It's like the Ninja Turtles game on NES. Uh, So like once a character's dead, you can't use them anymore. So you're stuck with ones you're not good with. Uh, That game was, it was very fun, but very hard and, you know, not that satisfying. Uh, There was one cool part where you go to Mojo World and to, when you get to where Mojo is, he's hiding and you have to get him out of his computer where he's hiding by resetting your Genesis. And if you reset it, it starts back on that part of the level and mojo comes out and you fight him
1: what yeah that's sick
0: i don't know how i knew that uh you know there's uh, there's no internet back then maybe like an issue of sega visions gave me that that bit of information but that mm-hmm. was a, a little a little thing that they made you do um I don't, yeah i don't think i've ever made it up to magneto and if i have i'm pretty sure i haven't beaten them
2: oh um, yeah
0: but i was much more into a spider-man game that i had and again this one i remember buying with my dad at a comic book store the comic book store just happened to have this sega genesis game and they Mm -hmm. even had a tv uh with a genesis so they said hey kid if you want to buy this game i can put it in the genesis and you can play it for like 10 minutes to see if you like it
1: and oh yeah was that microplay micro i remember microplay did stuff like that
0: it might have been it might have been and i remember dad like my dad was like over the moon he's like why isn't every store like this yeah (laughs) yeah So, uh, they, they put it on and I was playing around and I'm, you know, there's no way I'm not liking it. I'm like, I got to be Spider-Man. Um, and this one was, this is a weird game because it has two titles, depending on who you ask. The box just says Spider-Man.
1: Okay.
0: Just plain and simple Spider-Man. And the drawing is like, it looks like the comics at the time, like the Todd McFarlane comics. So it's not even really based on the show or anything like that. But the official title apparently is Spider-Man versus the Kingpin. And the kingpin frames Spider-Man. He he sets up. He gets somebody dressed as Spider-Man to put a bomb in New York somewhere. And he says, "Like I have a bomb, and uh, I'm going to set it off." And Spider-Man is the one who did it. Whatever. It's this weird. Company. Okay. So you're you're fighting off the bad guys as well as the police because the police are after you because they think you you did something naughty, uh, and you're you're just trying to get proof to clear your name. So the way you get proof is at the end of every level you fight a boss, you fight a supervillain and you have to take a picture of them uh, as proof that like, Hey, the kingpin is behind this. The villains are behind this. I didn't, you know, I'm not doing anything. Look, look, here's Dr. Octopus. See, I'm telling the truth. Uh, And if you take pictures uh, properly, you get points and then you, you can progress and stuff and every boss drops a key. And at the end of the game, you have to put all the keys into the bomb and deactivate it but like the bomb is flashing different colors so you can't put in the red key until it flashes red and if you screw up a couple times it explodes and you have to start the game all over again. oh
1: this game sounds amazing it is
0: really really good uh and um the let's see who are the villains there was dr octopus in the first level yeah the second level is you go in the sewers you fight the lizard yep uh third level is a power plant you fight electro um fourth level is central park and you fight sandman uh and the only way sandman was tricky the only way to beat him like you can't like web him or punch him or anything you have to lure him to the the beginning of the level and there's a fire hydrant there and you have to kick the fire hydrant when he's in front of it and the water destroys him that's the only way to beat sandman
1: oh that's crazy
0: um and then level five is like you're you're in like the middle of Manhattan, you're on rooftops and stuff and you fight Hobgoblin and then when you beat him, you think the level's over but then Venom shows up out of nowhere and you have to fight him.
1: Oh Oh my God. God.
0: And and then finally, you go to these caves and there's all these robots in the caves and when you get to the end of the caves, it's the Kingpin's lair and first you fight off, like the villains all come back. I think most of them come back and you have to like fight them all and then, uh, and all in the same room, mind you, which is scary. So you got like, Lizard chasing after you. And meanwhile, like Electro's throwing shit at you. And then when you beat them, you turn off the bomb. And then you go in the next room and Kingpin is there. And he's got Mary Jane tied to the ceiling over a thing of acid. So you have to, while you're fighting him, you have to keep webbing up the rope that's holding her. So that, because it's slowly dropping her into the acid. And if you don't pay attention to that, it'll kill her.
1: Oh my God.
0: This game was off the charts. I was so in love with it. And the music in the game is so Genesis, Uh, like it's it's the most Genesis music you'll ever hear. Uh, And I like I absolutely loved it. And then uh, the last big one for me of that era was Maximum Carnage. And
1: yeah, baby,
0: uh, it was. And and that one was I never owned it myself. But um, my like my best friend Tiago, you know, Tiago, he he owned Maximum Carnage because Carnage is his favorite character so when i would go over to his house we'd be like oh let's play this game and that became like this thing where we were trying to beat it and just like you we could not friggin beat this game for the life of us like it just we
1: we couldn't your um, thumbs would be sore man like you're uh, it's it's a brutal game like it it was cool though because again it just like just like it's spider-man it's should it. is like seeing all the different characters like you got cloak and dagger you got uh, Fantastic Four. You have Ghost Rider. You have like all these characters jumping in and out. Um, Captain America. Even it's just awesome. It's awesome game. Uh, but yeah, for some reason, it is stupid hard. And like you have weird characters come in too. You have a uh, demo Goblin um, mm-hmm. with this fiery like flying board that he uses. You have Shriek, uh, and uh, you have uh, I just remember. Yeah, do you have Doppelganger? You had like weird villains, but again, yeah, stupid, hard, stupid, hard game.
0: Yeah, and it it, it was it was very fun, but let's just like, we just wanted to beat it already because it had been years. And then eventually, uh, like, I can't remember when it was, but it was sometime within the past, like four or five years, Tiago came over and we beat it. And it was this big uh... glorious thing. It was so, like, we we stood up and cheered. We made that same noise you just made uh it was like such a big deal for us to finally be able to beat it i just sent you the video of that genesis game so you can see how it looks
1: yeah oh that looks sick i gotta check that out um Uh, um, no you know it's funny it's funny though too because with games like that you like put so much effort into it and really like the ending is just like hey thanks for playing (laughs) yeah it's just some credits and just like okay thanks for that (laughs)
0: you know know why the music in that game is so good because it's a real band it's a real band called green jelly (laughs) yep
1: Ah, although uh, although honestly it's funny because they're the boss music is so good but really the only song i could find that's from the band is the carnage rules song which is like the first song you hear but the boss music is so good, but it's, it's got to just be them. Like they must've made it just for the game. Cause I, I could, I could not find the song that matches with it. Is it the one that goes? No, it's, um, uh, Oh man. Don't, don't get me started
0: on that music. That that's a soundtrack and a half. And oh, yeah. didn't do the sequel separation anxiety they didn't do the sequel and the music in separation anxiety sounds like a wet fart so
1: <laughs> i don't know that that game was a sequel and it was not nearly as good i actually remember a separation separation anxiety from uh from the comics and i remember the toys came out where they had the different symbiotes and I, I never read separation anxiety so i'm like what there's different symbiotes uh mm, carnage is really like the only other one and i like didn't buy it uh, but I remember getting one of the toys, and, and I mean, he looked cool. But I think it was the green one with like the the Doc Ock tentacles, and I was just like, ah, I guess. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Anyway, but yeah, it it didn't it didn't quite do well. But there were there were some real gems with Marvel video games. Some of them were good, some of them were bad. I I never got to play the last two 360 ones that I heard were amazing, which was Spider Man Shattered Dimensions, and then there's um. Uh, was it Shattered Dimensions and then uh, Web Web of Time? Web. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah, they made a lot on the 360 uh, of like, Spider-Man stuff. I I didn't get into those either. I had on the first Xbox, I had the Spider-Man 2 movie game, which is probably the only movie-based game that I would actually give a thought. That apparently
1: to. was good. Yeah.
0: It was great, man. It was so much fun. Bruce Campbell is like the narrator, and he does all the tutorial stuff. So it's literally Bruce Campbell's voice telling you, like, press A to jump. I'm Bruce Campbell, um, <laughs> and I think all the cast is there too. Uh, so you get to actually hear Toby Maguire make make wisecracks. But it's like you could tell that Toby was only in the recording studio for like one day, so they have to recycle a lot of his wisecracks. So there's a point in the game where you have to fight like a bunch of drones. Like, there's all these drones, and it's not just like one level. There's like a stretch of like three hours in the game story where you're fighting drones. And he keeps, Spider Man keeps saying, Just for the record, are you guys recyclable? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's Toby Maguire saying this line, and you hear this line a bunch. Um, so prepare yourself for that if you ever play that game. But no, that, that game was a whole ton of fun, uh, and it really. It was the first Spider-Man game that actually made you feel like Spider-Man. Um, I remember playing the Spider-Man one movie game and absolutely oh, hating yeah. it. Yeah. I hate it. It's like, let's put Spider-Man inside. Always. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause that's what Spider-Man does. He hangs around indoors. That's it. You nailed it. You nailed it. And, and the Batman you know game should be doing. set in space. Cause that's Batman. Like, <laughs> oh God. So when, when number two came out, I was, in love with it and it was a lot of fun mm-hmm. um and then i didn't play any marvel games after that until um ultimate alliance and i got that the first day i got my 360 oh, um i got choice. yeah it was that and assassin's creed one i bought both of those and i'm like i'm gonna have a good time with this console um and then
1: you didn't surface for five years
0: no and that was right around the time i knew you at this point that was the break yeah. between our first year of college and our second year oh, No yeah I I remember coming back in the second year and being like, Ryan, did you play Marvel Ultimate Alliance? I was playing as Spider-Man and Galactus is there too. Like we were just going crazy.
1: Um, Oh yeah. I remember, I did remember us gushing over that game. It was was so good. And then the best part is they, just when you think they had enough characters in that game. They came out with an expansion. Yeah. Literally added like two or, they literally added five more characters that you didn't need to play, but you're glad they put it in there.
0: (laughs) and the version i bought was like cuz i bought it way later than when it came out so it was the gold edition and it had those characters already it yeah. had like venom and i think like cyclops so i got that full experience in that one game and oh man i loved it so much i never played two i still haven't played the the one on the switch
1: yeah oh the the one, on the, the one on the switch the one on the switch is pretty amazing yeah, you should come over one day and we should play that cuz that one's pretty once this whole COVID thing's done, yeah. y- you definitely need to come over for that because that's, that's a pretty good one. That That's, that's, that's a prime example of when the animation meets the, like the look meets the feel and it's so good.
0: Good. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, one of these days I'll get around to it and I, unfortunately don't hate me bro but i don't think i'm going to i have no interest in playing the avengers game that just came out like
1: i'm not going to hold it against you i I honestly think that game has a lot of potential i i think that again they're going to need to come out with some better outfits to to make the characters pop a little bit more Mm because everyone looks like this kind of bland serious tone that's just not giving the game the ump it deserves um, but it could be fixed if they come out with the right costume for the characters. The story is great. If you play the single player, it is fantastic. Like it is a good story and it's fun. Um, but overall, it's the game is the game loses its goals. Like it, it has some good ideas, but it it gets disconnected halfway through, and and it's it's a real shame. And why it's a real shame for me is because I hear the Spider-Man game is amazing on PlayStation, and I would love to play it. I heard it's fantastic, um, but um, I live in a time where I just can't justify buying a console just for one game. I just can't do it. Yeah. I feel um, you. I feel yeah, you. And it's a real shame because this, the Avengers game is a third-party game, and we're not. And again, like you know, people who don't have a PlayStation can finally get a, hands on a good Marvel game, and it's not as good as it could be. And and this is another prime example of like a company that that their marketing team will waive the fact that they're like, yeah, we're all comic book fans. This is going to be made by comic book fans for comic book fans. And it's like, you don't. And and if you guys have heard past podcasts, it's like, you don't need to tell us that show us that you're going to do it. Just show us that you you're committed. And, and it will, and, and the work will, the work will do that for you. Like you don't need to tell us, just show us and uh unfortunately they are just waving it in your face and everything's going wrong for them and they're like don't worry we read the comics and it's like that's not the <laughs> point yeah. I, can tell you, I can tell you i read the comics too that doesn't mean anything like it it means you yes it means you read the stuff but it doesn't mean you know the stuff like it doesn't mean that you're like you know like kevin feige is a perfect example he reads the comics it's clear he does oh yeah
0: if he writes the comics at this point
1: yeah but does his does his does his movies uh does his movies wave it in your face no they don't they 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 tell you through the story and events like how everything's connected it's so good uh all right so final thought because we got to wrap this up this is this i feel bad man if you guys are still listening at this point props to you because that is loyalty <laughs> and devotion and i appreciate that so last last thought i want to end with is um oh my God! Is this slipping to me now?
0: <gasps> no,
1: it's slipping in my brain. Oh no! Somebody help him get it back. uh
0: Doctor yeah. Strange, where are you?
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. Yes. Uh, no, it's it's gone. It's, it's gone. gone. Oh. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, so I'll end with one that's just like okay. Favorite Marvel movie moment. Go.
0: Wow. Oh boy. Um
1: oh boy this is hard this this this
0: could be oh there could be so many i think i think it might be um (laughs) you know what i'm gonna save it because it has to do with a movie we're gonna talk about in a future podcast and i want to uh bring that up to you there and be like, this is my
1: favorite. Uh,
0: OK, all right. That's um, clue. You know it's from one that we haven't done yet in our recordings.
1: OK, all right. Well, I guess I'll have to save mine then, too. And then that will be our ending hook. You'll have to wait in suspense, guys. Yeah because uh, yeah mine's pretty good but it's not it's not it ties into with a movie we haven't watched yet so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna do that to us yet but the, the movie I Eternals, mean, ryan has come back from the future yeah <laughs> i think that i think that summarizes it though i think we've captured our marvel memories for this podcast i think we've i think we've gotten enough on here
0: oh without a doubt yeah i think our memories are are laid bare for all the world to see and I mean, I'm sure everybody listening has Marvel memories, too, I would hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, so tell us us, Share yeah. those. Things. I want to hear, especially if you're like from the younger crowd, if you were born, you know, post 2000, what are Marvel memories like for somebody who didn't grow up with trading cards, for somebody who didn't grow up with those Fox Kids cartoons? What is a Marvel memory for you guys? It, it might very well be. The MCU, and in, in which case, awesome. Tell me about it. Tell me those stories. We want to know.
1: That's it. That's right. We want to know, guys. Leave us some comments. And as always, don't forget to leave a like, uh, subscribe to the channel, and uh, don't forget to check out other uh, Rebel Scum podcasts. Uh, there's a ton on here. You can listen to Star Wars, get your Star Wars fix, or come listen to us here at Infinity Rewatch. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, and uh, yeah. Uh, make that sure was you let a, us know your mark. The best
0: Man, holiday Marvel special Man. since Star Wars.
1: Okay. Yep, it was just as long about the uh, Star Wars holiday
0: special, too. <laughs> be missing B. Arthur. God, I wish we could get B. Arthur on this show. <laughs> Why did you have to die, B. Arthur?
1: You will be missed. You
0: will oh, be missed. boy. Well, at least this will hold people over until the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, which is due out in two years, according to Kevin Feige. So yeah, we yeah. got that to look forward to. But, anyways. I have been Andrew Fantasia.
1: And I've been Ryan J. Whitehead. I
0: hope all of you have a happy, happy, happy holiday and a marvelous one, too.